What is up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to a special video edition of The Review Point, coming to you from, of course, fanboysanonymous.com. You know me, as usual, I'm your host, Tony Mango, and with me is my wife, my beautiful wife. Me! Caroline! <laughs> my beautiful wife, me. Yes, that is you. Creepy underscore Caroline. Follow her underneath there. Yeah, Um. so we just got done seeing the Batman, and... Caroline actually suggested, she's like, you want to do a podcast? You want to do a video podcast? And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to turn down the opportunity of talking about the movie with my wife and getting you guys to see how beautiful she is and everything. And on top of that, you know, run down the movie the way that we normally do after we go see the movies and, yeah. you know, do it where you guys can hear us and stuff instead of us just talking on the way back home and, you know, running through all those opinions already. So that's what we're going to be doing here. The same usual thing. Uh, the review point, of course, we talk about the hits and the misses, the good and the bad. There's good and bad on this one um and we're gonna give you a spoiler free review at the first part here and then eventually we will give you a uh a little bit of a warning for anybody who you know doesn't want to get the spoilers and everything uh, i should actually have some kind of a thing on here but i didn't bother to do that ahead of time so uh, i guess maybe i will do something like this i'll put that on there and you know when when we're done with the spoiler thing or something i don't know we can do a little dance like, spoiler dance that's how the spoiler dance goes. <laughs> it is now. That's the spoiler dance. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll do that. And then, uh, you know, I'll do this too. So it'll be like mood kind of thing or something. Like we can have maybe the lights go off. Um, well, but also we should say that like we haven't talked about the movie at all. No. So I, I don't know his spots yet. He doesn't know mine. We made a point to just like not, which is really hard. We actually like walked home in silence <laughs> just to avoid uh discussing it so. <laughs> yeah the only thing that we talked about was somebody which we won't spoil what the character is but somebody at one point referencing a character and that you overheard them go it's oh. and it's well, completely we'll, different we'll, we'll, we'll get but that. well yeah we'll get to that that's the one and only thing that we talked about really about this so of course as you per usual we want to know what you have to say as well so drop a comment below underneath here i can actually visually say that and, you know, tell us what you liked, what you didn't like, and everything else like that that goes along with the usual stuff here, as well as just doing your usual YouTube stuff that everybody knows about by now. Smash that like button. I hate that stupid phrase. Hit the like button. Click on it. Hit the uh, little email alert thing as well. Get your notifications of when videos go live. I would love to be doing live content on here on Fanboys. I do that for Smart Out Moment, so I'd love to do that for that. And there's a little thanks button if you want to toss a little spare change our way, which you know, helps out a little bit. And it helps this channel grow. Same thing for the Patreon, patreon.com slash fanboysanonymous, because everything's not fanboysanonymous, except for the Twitter, because the Twitter thing is, you know, they, they won't fit it in a certain amount of characters. But you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. That'd be great. And, of course, if you are more interested in the YouTube members-only thing, it's the exact same thing as the Patreon. So if you would rather do that, then do that. Still has the access to the bonus features. Still has to pick a poison where... You know, if you're like, oh, man, I really do want to see more content of X, Y, Z, you get to request it. That's the whole thing. You're sponsoring it directly. So, you know, if you are sick and tired of hearing Rob and I talk about how we're, we need to do Mount War, uh, Mount Rushmore's and you want uh, Callum to get on that thing and say, you know, the Mount Rushmore of uh, Disney themes that he was talking about recently and getting super passionate about, which was kind of strange. But, you know, I mean, if you want that. If you want me to interview Callum, which mm -hmm. I've been trying to do, he's <laughs> such a mysterious figure. <laughs> if you want uh, to just see our faces more, we could do more of that kind of stuff. If you want to have a little bit of a test run of the idea that we have in mind called A Couple Movies, 
I don't know. Um, I got the domains at least. So, <laughs> um, you know, uh, usual stuff. Go through, do that. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you didn't like. Same thing about this. If you like this, hit the like button because the like button helps out quite a bit. So uh, outside of that, I guess let's get started with the spoiler free section of it. So don't worry about the spoiler side. If you didn't go see the movie, you can still check this part out until you start seeing the spoiler dance or whatever it is that we're doing here. <laughs> Forget our uh, yeah. <laughs> You're the choreographer and you already forgot. Yeah. You'll make up a new one on the spot. Um, spoiler free. So uh, generally speaking then, yay or nay? Hit or miss? Yay. 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 Not as enthusiastic of a yay as I was hoping, I would say. And I would say I was ready for a mess. Really? I was. I was. I was. I was. So <laughs> I was tired, I was grumpy, and I was I had a, like an awful day. So it was like, I you know, to this. <laughs> yeah, like it, it was it was an awful day. And I'm like, oh my god, this movie's three hours long. And I even told him, like, I might take a nap. If this is boring, I might take a nap because I can sleep like this. She does. <laughs> And have like full on dreams and everything. So I I will say if you say you're not enthusiastic, yay, I will say a surprise yay. I I guess the best way for me to put it is obviously I'm a Batman snob. I even I didn't even wear this shirt when we went there. I'm wearing a Nightwing shirt because Nightwing's fucking awesome. But I put it on specifically for this, even though you can't even see it. It's kind of pointless, but uh no, I I mean I've been a Batman fan since I was God knows. I mean, probably practically out of the womb, I would assume. And, uh, you know, I have a hundred Batman stories that I'm kind of writing and everything. Literally. I think it's a hundred because I couldn't, um, condense even more. And I have like 125 and I'm like, well, I don't know if I could fit that 25 in there, but, uh, I am super particular about Batman in a lot of ways where sometimes one little line of dialogue can just be, be, be like, you know, I don't think Batman would say that and stuff. And, you know, so I have my nitpicks, which we'll get into, but generally speaking, what was disappointing to me about the movie was over the past couple weeks or so, I've been hearing so much buzz about how this is amazing and it's critically acclaimed and it's an artisan film and this is revolutionary and it's changing the way that you look at Batman and everything and it's just like fundamentally oh my god we were all just uh going nuts over this and I'm like yeah it's good you know but it's not this groundbreaking amazing way it's like yeah it's a good Batman movie and I want to see another one and I want to see a third one and I want to see where they're going. And I loved a lot of little aspects and there are like some minor parts that I didn't like, but very few things that I actually didn't like about it, except just that overwhelming, like, okay, but it wasn't a 12 out of 10, like people are acting. And I mean, you, you give a, an eight out of 10, it's an amazing score, but that kind of made me go like, Ah, uh, okay. Well, I'm a little bit underwhelmed then if you hype it up that much, you know, kind of the opposite of what happened with something like, say, like Endgame, because Endgame was like, everybody's building it up. It's the most amazing thing or whatever. And then by the end of the movie, I'm like, all right, I feel like 10 years worth of investment paid off. 
it took fucking forever to get this movie. And it went under, you know, it was supposed to be Ben Affleck doing the movie and it was going to be this Deathstroke film and it was going to be, you know, this big change and all. I've been tracking this movie for since Batman v Superman came out. So it took like five, six years or something to get this. And I'm like, okay, this was a good episode of the animated series. Kind of. When's the next one? <laughs> like, I kind of just want another one already because it's been so long. So the nitpicks that I'm going to say, I'm sure there's going to be people that are like, oh, why are you even nitpicking that? And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't break the movie. But I'm going to talk about the misses, too. You know, I'll talk about specifically a character that should have had a little bit of a mustache and maybe not have had hair. But like, you know, like little things like that, like, you know, <laughs> but that's because I'm a Batman snob. By no means are you going to get the same reaction that you got out of the Eternals. Because <laughs> if you would have seen our reaction when we were watching the Eternals, that is the one movie out of the MCU and even out of the DC kind of stuff that's been happening over the past however many years that it was just like, this is shit. And he still owes me watching three horror movies with me because he made me sit through that. I think we're down to like one. <laughs> when? No, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> Lies. Do not deceive your audience. Drop a comment and uh, support me <laughs> in this endeavor. Um, so without getting too deep into the spoilers and stuff like that, uh, we are... You know, we're positive on this. This is on the hit side, not the miss side, not even in like the middle round. Like we're we're definitely two thumbs up if we were Siskel and Ebert. I don't know who would be who. I think you would be Siskel. I would be Ebert because I'm rounder. But um, the biggest takeaway, what would you say? If there's like one thing that somebody goes, tell me about the Batman and you were going to say either like a really positive or really negative or just like a really, you know, this was a funny part or like, you know, without obviously spoiler side, but. Uh, I think that the biggest thing for me, and I just want to say I'm not a Batman snob. I'm a fan, but not a snob. I, I like Batman a lot. It's my favorite superhero. But mm. I would say I am a movie snob and a cinema study snob. So I'm going to mm. be, like, probably looking at certain things that, to me, spoke more. And, and I'm also, like, an artist, so sometimes, like... Oops, wrong side. Wrong side. Ah. There you go. That thing. <laughs> the painting back there, you know. I can't point. Um, it's okay. I can't either. Um, <laughs> so, like, certain things that maybe weren't, you know something that you liked or that or spoke to you yeah like it really spoke to me so for me the biggest takeaway of this movie was just the mood of it i um i love the mood that blade runner created for movies that's the famous blade runner look um which means this topic greedy dirty uh urban environment uh with lots of rain and lots of like darks and some if you have a little bit of light you either have a little bit of light uh during a scene or you have that very like intense contrast between the darks and the brights and that's you know a noir film you know lots of darks everything's it's 
it's dark. And I love that. I love the rain. I love the feel to me. That felt like how I see Gotham, and I always have. To me, that's that's what I think of. Like it, 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 it it's very similar to if you play the Batman games. Yeah, the Arkham. You ones have that feeling yeah. of um, Arkham City, Arkham Asylum, which were the only two I played. Oh, I, I played Batman Lego, but those are totally different. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really jarring. Very if, like different. midway through, you've just got some uh, scene where like Robert Pattinson's just all brooding, and then you've got well, you haven't seen Lego Batman movie yet, but that movie's amazing too. Wait, uh, let me finish my point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I I love that. To me, like it, it felt like if I was using synesthesia. Which I always like, it smelled like Gotham, like gritty, dark, and and, and rainy. Um, and that goes with the music as well. Like, I, I really enjoyed how that universe was created and how it was shown visually. I was thinking you were going to bring up the music because there yeah. were multiple times that you were kind of like tapping your foot or like. Yep. You know, tapping me, just like kind of like, you know, the bum, mm. bum, bum. I love bum. it. I, I, was... I love, I absolutely love. Uh, so our, our taste in music is, uh, we have like maybe like a middle ground. For, <laughs> the weekend. For, yeah, the weekend. Uh, <laughs> the middle ground. But when it comes to a soundtracks, I think he tends to go for the more like epic, um, not necessarily loud, but more no. like that orchestra power that creates that like immersive universe. Not really. I feel like you do. Because there's a lot of stuff on my music that's very low key and it's just like maybe like one instrument or something. Like I love, for instance, if we're talking about older Batman movies, I love that Hans Zimmer's score for the Joker was just that the whole time. Like that. But you're, you're also a Hans Zimmer bitch. Yeah, because he's fucking you, great. He is. He's got like three notes that he does and everything, and that's it. But um, that that kind of um, feel, I, I think that that really fit with that. Mm. And in the same regard, I mean, this one works with this. But uh. if we're if we're going <laughs> if we're going into the music side of things, one thing that I do had like cross pollination of what you're saying and what I'm saying, not necessarily, and all that. One thing I really appreciate with in particular superhero movies and like uh you know genre films like star wars and all that is if it's got something that i can hum and it's the same with a lot of other music i'm very melodic like i don't care as much about uh, the lyrics about something because there's plenty of songs that's some of my favorite songs i have no idea what the hell the lyrics are because like basement uh threes every time i say i still don't know what the lyrics are nobody on the internet knows because if you look that uh up it's posts from me asking what the hell are the lyrics <laughs> and it's like a German band or something from like 1993. So nobody knows the lyrics for that. And I'm just like, da, 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 mm, 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 this is catchy and I love it. But nothing so far has topped Danny Elfman's theme for me for Batman. So if I'm thinking Batman, I'm thinking either the animated series or I'm thinking that where in my mind, if I see Batman, I hear da, 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 da. Or that like um, the the other version of the animated series theme from Bruce Timm's animated series. There's been like eight Batman series, but even the other one, the um, the, the the Batman series, is a pretty good theme too. First one, not the second one, just to specify. Um, but like 
this i did get a little bit annoyed after a while of just a couple scenes i'm hearing bum 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 i love it i love it it's so effective i think if it turned into something and that was just in like the background for different parts it was good for like instance you've seen it in the trailer so we're not spoiling anything but when the car flips over penguins looking out and batman's upside down which is cool because it's like you know bats hang upside down and that he's walking and it's you know it's upside down like Mm -hmm. ominous kind of thing this is my impression of batman walking (laughs) he's just doot doot uh that is a good like oh fuck the batman's gonna get me that's bum 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 kind of like you are going to get screwed kind of thing but when it's more of like a big sweeping action scene and that's the only thing that's playing my adrenaline doesn't go anywhere else it's still just kind of hitting that same note whereas i want that part of okay the avengers theme kicked in and then that's like ah okay the fucking shield goes to cap and everybody goes fuck i'm a nerd you know like (laughs) that kind of thing see like you 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 want it to be bigger like the music but not necessarily i I disagree with that though i disagree with that because i feel that it kind of made me feel it made me think of two movies uh which i mean it's not like they sound the same but he has that same feeling which is jaw again horror jaws very effective soundtrack. It has, you know, the beginning. Dun-dum. Dun-dum. And that creates the idea of, oh, we're going to feel tense. Right? Like, even it does build up eventually. But that beginning is just, if you just say those, like, first notes, mm-hmm. people know what you're talking about. It's a shame that there's and- the other part where it just goes, bong, 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 doon, 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 doon. And then you're like. Oh wait, this shark is like very dainty no, for a split second. No, I still like it. I still like it. <laughs> you have to look at the movie for the for the era it was created, sir. Okay, um, and Psycho. That was the yeah. other one. And with Psycho, it's if you break down um, the 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 intro music of Psycho, it's just a string song, and it was created because um, that way to almost like evoke that imagery of a knife like something cutting so for me with this i'm watching this movie and i know it's gonna be a noir version of batman the way the music was that kind of like kept the same notes that drove him crazy and it, it had that feeling of like steps and that's like ongoing in the movie. Like sometimes you you don't, and most of the time, I guess when Batman enters the scene, being Batman, not Bruce Wayne, you hear his footsteps, and you just see darkness. And I think that that goes really well with it. And I also feel like the way the song is created, it makes me feel like in my head, I'm just like jumping from like different levels of darkness but it's all dark and that goes so well with the noir mood and atmosphere of this movie that's why i really liked it i thought it was like very effective and i think i have a feeling that this is where we're gonna disagree a lot because you're you're seeing as a batman fan you are you know seeing this film as maybe like 
you're comparing to all the other ones right. and everything that you've seen. And my ideal. And your idea. And yeah. that's why, like, he doesn't watch music videos even. Like, he doesn't oh, like. No. Absolutely not. I'm not going to watch a music video and have somebody dictate to me what their song is about. No, it's my song. I'm listening to it. That kind of thing. Anyway, like, <laughs> I don't know how I got this man to marry me because, like, he's so picky. Um, and I'm chaotic. Uh, more maybe, manic. maybe that's why. Chaotic! <laughs> Uh, Drop a comment below. Is she more chaotic or mad? I'm chaotic. Okay, anyways. Uh, let, me, let me talk. You're like, you're, you're, you're taking the, the, the thoughts out of my head. Um, see, you just took them. You just took them. What was it? So okay, I, I'm, oh, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. So it's, um, and I'm watching this as like, okay, this is, this is a different movie altogether it's a standalone so i'm not gonna put it in the same room with the other movies i'm gonna watch this thinking this is you know a younger batman he clearly is not like the cool like <laughs> that's that's the cool <laughs> that's my cool batman <laughs> Um, I'm sorry, I just hit the mic. So I'm sorry if you guys got a. I'm sorry, it's my nails. Um, so he's still like figuring <laughs> shit out, and yeah, it's year two. It's year two. Um, he's still trying to figure out who he is. Uh, I don't want to like talk too much about like the movie itself, but it's a different movie. So like, it doesn't make sense to me to really just like put it against the other ones, but I know it's a natural thing, and I, I'm probably, you guys are all watching this, and you're like, Caroline's insane. You have to compare. We're just <laughs> totally fine. But I'm watching this, it's like, okay, it's a noir Batman movie. Also, every movie is potentially somebody's first. And not only just first movie, in general, you know. Uh, all Dogs Go to Heaven, I think, was the first movie that I saw in theaters. Do you remember the first movie you ever saw in theaters? Beauty and the Beast. Really? I was told to shut up. <laughs> Why were you like? <laughs> I guess I was just being loud, but I don't remember what I said. But I, I don't even. I remember somebody telling me to shut up, even more so than I remember watching the movie. Were you being loud or were you being manic? <laughs> so, <laughs> with uh, you know, something like this, it could be somebody's first Batman movie. So this could be the thing that they judge Batman based off of, because there were plenty of people like our age that their first Batman movie was Tim Burton's Batman. So. That's potentially one of the reasons why I always think da 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 True. But also because the animated series was when we were kids as well. Kevin Conroy is my Batman. Like, you know, as much as it's like Christian Bale was a good Batman and, you know, George Clooney looks like a good Batman at the very least. And Val Kilmer had like, you know, maybe like a scene or two where he was a good Batman and, you know, so on and so forth. If I think Batman, I think the voice of Kevin Conroy. If I think Joker, I think the voice of Mark Hamill and the look of pretty much the Arkham stuff, like uh, visually for these kind of characters, not for everyone, but those two at the very least. And so, you know, if that's going to make an impression of somebody, their Batman for the rest of their life, you know, some little seven year old kid or something could be seeing this. And it's like Robert Pattinson is what they consider to be like, that's the benchmark of Batman. And then, you know, they'll go back and they'll check the other ones out and they'll laugh at the Adam West one where, you know, and, plenty of people are like, that's Batman to them is Adam West. And like, why doesn't Batman dance anymore and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> just. Um, and just with what resonates with somebody, I feel like there are elements to this movie that 
Um, I would say certain people will probably react more positively about because maybe they see a little bit more of themselves mm-hmm. in this Batman, you know, than George Clooney and his bat nipples. Or I'm curious not. if anybody does see themselves in George Clooney's bat nipples. Like I don't know how you Do pull we? that mirror kind of thing off, but you know. Uh, or his ass. That would the be ass, ass shots, one. yeah. Well, the, the ass shots—they all got shots. ass shots, I think, if I remember correctly. I know that they do. Silverstone yeah. at least gets a boob shot and an ass shot because you know everybody's just doing that. Joel Schumacher is just like equality. Let me zoom in on all these parts, and they're like, "Can you write like a good uh, villain for Bane?" And they're like, "No, he just goes." But I need another ass shot. I did like that Bane. <laughs> I thought that that was Bane for the longest time. And I thought so too. And then eventually, I'm like reading a couple comics, and I'm like, "Oh, Bane is kind of awesome." Yeah. And then, you know, now Bane to me is the Bane from the video games. Thankfully, not the. No, 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 and no. I actually have failed to watch the whole movie. I keep well, falling asleep. <laughs> I always fall asleep, and that's like my thing. Like if I fall asleep, I, to this day, I haven't seen Road to Perdition. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like, I remember renting this movie when I still lived in Brazil. And I, okay, granted, it was after lunch. So, nap time. It's nap time. <laughs> um, and it was on a Sunday. So, I was already exhausted, you know. And it was a Sunday. Like, God's day. Whatever. You sleep that day. Um, I put the movie on. And I, I, I watched till he says, like, something like, oh, and people always ask me, what I say when about my father, what I think about my father, whatever. Which, if I remember correctly, is like 30 seconds in. It, it's, <laughs> it's less than a minute, probably, or less than five minutes. I woke up exactly just before the credits when he's like, and that's what I tell people when they ask me about my father. Credits. And I'm like, Well, <laughs> still don't know what happens in that movie. I still don't know what he talks about when people ask about his, his father. <laughs> we'll watch it. We'll watch it. Some th- point. No, 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 because that was Mother Nature being like, <laughs> "You don't need this movie in your life." I'm like, "All right, nap." It's a pretty good movie. It's got uh, my nap was great. The little kid eventually goes on to play Superman, and that took me by surprise because I was like, "He could be a good Batman." Instead, he goes Superman. And then, of course, the guy that I was like, that guy is going to be James Bond? That guy? For Daniel Craig. And then that, you know, worked out the way that it is and no time to die socks. But uh, My nap was great, though. <laughs> I, I woke up like full crusty drool. It was great. <laughs> no time to die? Or not no time to die. No, I'm not going to praise that. Uh, <laughs> Road to Perdition, though. Great, great, great soundtrack. And that's got like Irish stuff in it and everything. So I'm all over the place with music. But um I guess we can start to get in some more specific stuff. So I guess just in case, because we're going to, you know, okay. obviously talk about more character stuff and how things work. Here you go. Here's your uh, spoiler warning. Spoiler, spoiler. Eventually I'll get a graphic. I'll put something up on there. I'm, I promise. I just didn't think about that ahead of time. But uh, spoilers from this moment on, potentially. There you go. You were warned. Uh, so everybody dies. And <laughs> I do the same fucking joke every single time. Um, and you laugh about it. <laughs> I, I do. It's a, that, that joke, especially if somebody can overhear it, and I just go, I can't believe that they killed, and then, you know, just hoping that somebody does that. That's the uh, one of the two main jokes. The other one being, like, you know, Fantastic Four movie, and you go, I didn't see Fantastic oh, One, Two, God, and Three. I, I, 
I hate this joke. <laughs> you love it. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. No, you I still don't. laugh. Uh, you'll laugh for the next uh, 40 years, and then you'll kill me. But um, obviously, we got Batman. Everybody knows Batman. It's Bruce Wayne. Billionaire Bruce Wayne. Spoiler. Oh, my God. Um, some people figure that out in the movie. Riddler does. But... We got uh, Selena Kyle, one of the main characters, female lead more than anybody else. Uh, we got some people from the comics, some people that are created just specifically for the movie, which that's always one of my nitpicks is always there's plenty of people that you can throw into the comics. So I'm looking at this like Gil Coulson, uh, Peter Sarsgaard plays him. I'm sure that there's 500 different uh, district attorneys. I probably have a list of it somewhere on my Evernote stuff of different district attorneys before Harvey Dent. I originally, when the casting was coming out for this, I was like, the only thing I found out was Peter Sarsgaard is playing the DA. And I was like, oh, he can't be Harvey Dent. Like, he does not strike me as Harvey Dent at all. As Gil Coulson, yeah, okay, well, he's whatever. So, like, Gil Coulson? Okay, cool. We'll talk characters, you know, one by one and all that. But uh, Penguin in this movie, which is funny enough because it's like, you know, however many years ago, 1992, I think. Batman Returns comes out and it's got Batman, Catwoman, and Penguin as like the three main people. And then this one, outside of Riddler, they're the three mains. So I saw a little, you know, side by side poster and it was like then and then now kind of a thing or whatever. And um, we could do our little comparisons of that too and everything. But I really like that we've gotten to a point, you know, it's been with the MCU, they've kind of introduced this stuff. So I'll give credit more for that than even like. Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Spider-Man 3 comes out, everybody complains, oh, there's too many villains in there. And it's like, no, there's one more villain than it needs to be, and you focus on the wrong people and all that. But everybody thought, too many villains. Bane and Poison Ivy and uh, Mr. Freeze, too many villains in the movie, that's why the movie failed. No, the movie fails. Batman and Robin, it's fucking great in like a ridiculous way, but it's a shit movie because it's shittily written. Shittily. Yeah. Uh, there you go. I'm coining that term. Um, you can have more than you know one villain and do the movie well, and the MCU has proven that. So they felt comfortable enough that they could do Penguin, Catwoman, Riddler, Sal Marone. Well, Sal Marone is not really in this, but uh, Carmine Falcone, and you know, of course, plenty of thugs and everything. And I don't plenty think that thugs. they plenty of thugs. Hmm? That just sounds like. A cereal box or something. Plenty of thugs. <laughs> Cheerios or something. Like you, what, uh, what little prize do you get in Plenty of Thugs? A ski mask. <laughs> Just taking up the whole box. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe um, I think a cling wrap mm. in this movie. Don't forget yeah, your cling wrap. Yeah. Uh, rifles are good. <laughs> that was another one in the movie. Don't take that as me being some gun nut or something. That's completely not the case. But... Uh, I like that they were able to balance these characters out really well. I don't feel like even, you know, I'll talk about the nitpicks of these other movies down the line too, but like Commissioner Gordon in Tim Burton's Batman sucks. He's a fat nobody who doesn't do damn thing. And he's just like, uh, the only thing I really remember is he goes, he gave us a signal. And it's like, <laughs> okay, that's really great. This one, he doesn't even need to say, cause he's just like, yep, yeah, fucking signal. I'm, you know, I'm Jeffrey Wright. I'm kicking some ass. Um, I didn't feel like they lost track of any of the characters at all. Same thing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I uh, I have a really hard time 
with ensemble casts. We've been watching uh, TV shows and I have to like describe a character sometimes so that he knows who I'm talking about. And I had no issues with this cast. I, I feel like they did a good job. I, I, I was worried that they will kind of just take Selena Kyle's character as just like, you know. Like a cameo, sort of? I candy, just like to, mm. you know. It, and I think that they did an okay job. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, and I am always biased because I love the villain so much um, that I kind of wish we had more Riddler a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see that because Paul Dean was so good. He, he was really good in this. Yeah, he's a brilliant actor. Mm-hmm. He really, really is. I don't and think I, I've seen him in anything bad. No, no. Like, and and he does a creepy character so well. And there are so many sides to the Riddler in this that I kind of just I wanted more. And maybe they didn't do that because it is still... And that's why I asked you, like, what's the rating for this movie? It's a PG-13 movie. And maybe if they had more Riddler, it would have to be an R-rated movie, which I would have loved that so much. But I'm jumping the gun on this. I, I feel like I would like more of the Riddler, but it wasn't like, oh, you know... It was more like I would like than we need. Yeah, not yeah. like, for instance, to turn back to Eternals, where it's like, oh, we need like three more movies worth <laughs> of time to actually flesh out these characters to give a damn about who any of the characters are, because they're all just, here's Speed Girl, she's speedy, we'll talk to you in an hour and a half. And it was like, who fucking cares? That should have been a TV series. Yeah. This was like, you know, we're going to skip through some of the stuff. So, I mean, the movie's two hours and 50-something minutes long. So, they're already there. Plan accordingly. Uh, I needed to pee really badly towards the end. I'm the type of person who I'm like, give me the 14-hour movie. He's a camel, it's though. Really, yeah. He'll good. be fine, like, peeing once a day. I pee, like, every <laughs> 10 minutes. So. Yeah. But, like, uh, you know, if you're watching this at home, too, you could always stop it. But, like, you know, I'm not a big Lord of the Rings fan. But if I was... A big Lord of the Rings fan. I'm sure I would rather watch the super extended. We showed you every single step that they took to Mordor kind of thing. Same as I am with my favorite movie of all time, Terminator 2. I never, as soon as I realized that this was on the DVD, I've never watched Terminator 2, the regular theatrical cut since then. I've always watched not even the extended cut, but the super extended cut where it has literally every finished scene in the movie. And it's like, okay, you're going to show the split seconds worth of uh, the T-1000 going like this to posters in John's room. And I'm like, okay, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, of course he would show that scene. And yeah, you complain when I want to watch a horror movie because it's too slow. Or God forbid, or God forbid, (laughs) it's something I want to watch. He's like playing Pokemon Go in the first five minutes. Sometimes I have to catch something important. It's annoying. But but I thought that they had enough time to be able to give every character a little bit of time to breathe that deserved time to breathe. Obviously, like the mayor at the beginning of the movie, he's there to get killed. Who fucking cares? He's not even a guy. 
I mean, he's a guy, but, you know, I've never heard of the character in the comics or something. So it's not like it's uh, Rupert Thorne and they just kill him off super quick or something. And that's good, too, because as much as I would say you should incorporate every character that you possibly can. And if you have Officer Martinez in this and I'm like, ah, that could have been, you know, um, maybe like, uh, uh, I don't know. We can't throw anything but character that could have worked along with that. There's plenty of GCPD characters, but for instance, I'll bring up another movie instead. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous in The Dark Knight. You've got a big, burly, white cop who's kind of on the take, and he's not Harvey Bullock. And you've got a Latina cop who's working with Gordon, and she's like, uh, I don't know, like Rodriguez or something, I think was her name, and it's like, why isn't that Renee Montoya? Like, why not make those characters the characters that they are? It would be strange if you had somebody working with the Wayne Enterprises and it's not Lucius Fox or something like, you know, that stuff always kind of throws me off. So when it's Bella Real is the mayoral candidate and I'm like, eh, there's been a hundred mayoral candidates. I think you could probably pick another one. Um, but you don't need, you know, a character like that doesn't need to have too much breathing room. She's there to serve her purpose, and she serves that perfectly fine. And yeah, and they and they write enough that we get the like, okay, so she's like not a corrupt, yeah, yeah. She's like obviously the option Gotham should go with. So okay, we got it. That's that's all you need. Yeah, you Move need on. basically two scenes to establish. Yeah, she good, and then <laughs> yup, she's still good. <laughs> and then, yeah. You know, and not dead. <laughs> yeah, but, um, so like Chief McKenzie, I'm looking at the la- I have to look up the names because it was just you know whatever. But like Chief McKenzie, okay, it's a guy, you know. So we're not gonna bother to talk about some of those characters, you know. Uh, the twins, sure. Uh, although according that was to funny though, I I like that. You like the twin? I I didn't yeah, do anything. Yeah, I thought I thought it was like um. I guess I enjoy the whole, like, when uh, they open the door and it's Batman, and one of them is like, and, and Batman's like, do you know who I am? And he's like, yeah. And then he closes the door, calls the other twin, and they try to, like, knock him out. And then later on, we have- Oh, I liked the recurring Bruce thing. Yeah, like, thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I was like, oh, I know, like- and the I twins themselves, I'm like, ah, it could have been anybody. Oh, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I like the recurring but, joke But I, I thought he was like, it was funny. And the fact that they got twins, it's like, you remember that that's, a, you know. True. Because you have to remember, like, the way the movie shot. Like, a lot of the scenes are dark. Mm-hmm. So you kind of need an extra little thing to make characters, like, more memorable. So, like, yeah, you have, like, those two guys in the front. Like, okay, they're the twins. And even, like, Penguin's like, oh, you met the twins. Uh, and he's not British. I don't know why I did that. I was like, I, that's a really bad <laughs> impression of Penguin I, right there. I don't know how to do that. My my New York Just accent. Just sweetheart. Only, sweetheart. <laughs> that was met the twins. I don't know. My New York accent only comes out every now and then. Um, it's a potpourri of accents here. Um, yeah, or even when we see that um, Kenzie, the corrupt cop. Because he gets his nose busted pretty early on, and Batman even reminds us, like, no, I think Bruce Wayne's like, oh, I think that I broke his nose. So then you remember, like, oh, that basic Y guy <laughs> with the broken nose, that's Kenzie. So it helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, bit players like that, like, they're on the positive side more yeah. than anything else. 
Um, but obviously they're not the big takeaways from the whole movie. So like the major, major characters, uh, including little boy who goes like this five times in the movie. No, <laughs> I know some people are like, that's Robin. And it's like, no, no, that's not. He's literally Mayor Mitchell's kid. That's not Robin any more than the little boy in Batman Begins is Robin just because he hands him a little fucking doohickey and people were going nuts for years. You're just like, it's <gasps> Peter Parker. Yeah. <laughs> Although that one turned out to be real. With the I, MCU oh, thing I know. With the, I know. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just making it. Right. That's, yeah. That's Peter there, too. Yeah. They're, Peter Parker is the next Robin. And then they're just going <laughs> to merge the series together. That's how they're going to get around to it. Uh, everybody wants to be a part of the MCU now. It's even the Batman. So, um, you know, cross promotion, cross pollination. We're all healing. There's a rainbow popping up somewhere. Um, but like, uh, you know, if you've got about seven main characters in this at most, they really can dive deep into uh, out of all of them. I don't know. A good starting point, maybe could be Commissioner Gordon. No, oh, because Batman. Yeah, I mean, Batman's Batman. You know, we'll, no, get, we're not we'll get around just, to him, uh, okay. but no, we're not going to be like that. And then we're not going to talk about Batman. I don't know. But like, uh, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna, a guest here. <laughs> I'm going to switch the sidebar here and it's going to say instead of the Batman, it's going to be the Commissioner Gordon. Um, this is a different version of Gordon than we've seen in some other things. And, you know, in some ways, absolutely not. In some ways it is. And the most, of course, uh, visually you know, obvious change is it's Jeffrey Wright. So this is a black Jim Gordon. And when they first announced that, of course, there's some people that are doing backlash because they're just kind of like, that's not what Jim Gordon looks like. He looks like fucking Jim Gordon. And it's Jeffrey Wright. He's, and he's brilliant. Great. He's brilliant. He's not only my second favorite Felix Leiter, partially tied to be feel, uh, my favorite Felix Leiter. But when they announced him, I was like, all right, well, there's other people that I would have probably cast. I still think that a really, really good Jim Gordon would be um, Brian Cranston. I think that he would be perfect for it. And he visually looks exactly the same as he does in the comics and stuff. But I was like, <laughs> okay, you know what? Jeffrey Wright, I'm down for that. That's pretty cool. And he got everything with Jim Gordon down. I mean, the character is exactly the same as what Jim Gordon is. He has the mustache. He is a good cop. He trusts Batman. He has a couple lines here and there of just kind of like not really jokey, but kind of jokey, which that's my favorite type of Gordon with him he's being like. snarky. Right. That's a good which, way of putting it. Yeah. He's snarky, which fits. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. Like Gotham is. It's dirty. Like, we see so many shots of the movie where there's just, like, garbage everywhere. People are just committing crimes. There's a, a drug that's, like, rampant everywhere. And it's so popular that in the beginning of the movie, we even see somebody uh, robbing, like, a, a little deli wearing the mask of the eyedrop. So, like, the city's disgusting. Like, you're not going to have, like, a cop like Gordon that's, like, not, like... It doesn't have at least some sort of sense of humor to the fact that this yeah. is what he does all yeah, the fucking yeah. time. Like, and he's standing next to a guy dressed up like a bat. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when people are like, you know, oh, he's a freak and he's just like, oh, he's with me and like that kind of thing. And I liked, you know, when he pulls up and it's the car and he just kind of looks at the car like, I got this rinky dink shit car. And you come up with this souped up muscle car and like you didn't put on the signal like this kind of thing. Like. And there's also the, you know, the, the social commentary, I would say, behind it. Like, he is a black man in a position of power in the police force. So, 
I feel like if he didn't have a sense of humor about everything, and he was able, he was like snappy and 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 sometimes even the way like he looks at certain cops when they're being like annoyed at Batman, like that alone is just like this man's awesome. Yeah, like he he understands what his position, like the the load of his position, but he's still you know he has to have that. The word swag. But I, I think <laughs> I'm gonna have to use it. Uh, that's why that je ne sais quoi. Yeah, that je ne sais quoi. There you go. That's <laughs> much better. I hate. He's got that swag. <laughs> I hate it so much. I wish I could do like uh, audio cues here and not get copyright and just play a split second of the Street Profits theme. <laughs> just, uh, but yeah, I mean, again, like if I compare ideals and everything, you can't in certain scenarios, like you only have two hours and 50 minutes. You can't cram everything that you possibly can in here. My favorite version of Jim Gordon knows that Bruce is Batman and has a little bit more of a, an emotional tie to him. But I like that in this one, you don't have to necessarily go in that because it wouldn't have served any purpose in the story. If, it's early on too. Right. So if they would have just done something that would have hinted at that, as much as that would appeal to the fan in me that goes, yeah, Gordon does know it would make no sense in this movie. So that's a nitpick that isn't a nitpick because it would have made no sense. So, you know, um, so I really like Gordon, of course, uh, as far as, uh, let's go. Uh, I mean, there's not really nothing to talk about commissioner Pete Savage, right? He's a corrupt cop. You know, when the commissioner first talked, I didn't think that, that was going to be his voice. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He was just kind of like... Huh? <laughs> right? He's just kind of like, What the hell, guys? What the hell? What the hell? And then we had the same joke. <laughs> so if anybody does follow this mark out moment for the uh, the pro wrestling side of things, and you know Jim Cornette, um, then you probably know Bruce Pritchard and the Something to Wrestle With podcast and all that, and his impression of Jim Cornette, which is you know bumping up the pitch a little bit of the Cornette thing of just, Goddamn, motherfucker, and all this, so... Uh, double mayo, yeah. double cheese. So when this commissioner guy comes out and he's just kind of like, "What the hell, <laughs> oh man? What are you talking about the goddamn Batman, motherfucker?" <laughs> that was their one, uh, the one fuck that they got. So if they would have done one more fuck, it would have been a yeah. rated R film. But yeah, that that took me by surprise, and I'm just kind of like that. And somebody like uh, did Riddler put his balls in a vice before this scene or something for him to just be like, "Oh goddamn, I don't want to fucking deal with the Batman," you know? <laughs> but um. Yeah, you know, not the characters like that don't have too much going on for them. But uh, as far as like minor, minor, minor characters go, this is just a very random thing. I don't know if I'm pronouncing its name correctly. Jay Lecurgo, um, the kid that pops up and I think he might have been on the trailers and stuff. We're on the spoiler section anyway, so it doesn't matter. But there's a group of thugs, which again, could be you could do 15 different gangs and they didn't. They just went with generic thugs, but whatever. But they're face painted and everything. The kids got half the face paint half not which is pretty much a visual cue of he's not sure if he wants to join the gang and he's not fully no, he's committed be, he, this is his initiation he's in the initiation yeah. he's not fully in there kind of thing so it's not you know some people like you know oh that's a harvey dent like that kind of thing we'll get to that a little bit later um but the uh his character and all that is just like a kid in this and i was like i think i know that kid from somewhere he is currently tim drake on titans for this past season so funny enough he goes from being you know like robin in training i just watched those episodes you know a couple weeks ago 
to being also in another Batman thing and he's a criminal. So anybody's confused. It's not the same continuity. I know that there's people out there that would just be like, so uh, Andrew Garfield, like he's just, you know, that's another Spider-Man movie. He just, you know, he's going to be with Mary Jane in this one. Now that all gets confusing because it all is the same continuity, but it's a whole different thing. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. I'm like, oh, the kid's doing that. That's kind of just one of those weird sort of deals. Kind of like how it's funny that Robert Pattinson is, you know, a vampire in Twilight, makes his career off of that. Then he becomes Batman and it's Robert Pattinson. Christian Bale is Bateman and then he's Batman. And then, you know, it's somehow these things work out like that. But um, we will talk about Barry Keegan later for a split second because we only pops up for a split second. What do you think about Alfred? I love Andy Serkis. Is that how you pronounce his last mm-hmm. name? I'm sorry. I love him. And I remember you telling me that he was going to be Alfred before I saw the trailer. Because unlike you, I made a point to not read anything about this. I didn't hear any buzz. Like, I made a point to just, like, not... Because I, I, I was worried that it was going to be a really big disappointment for me. So I was like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to know anything. And I think that I only saw the first trailer fairly recently with you. Um, so he told me that he was playing uh, Alfred before I, I had the visual. And at first I was like, hmm, I'm not sure. Because he always comes off to me having a certain... Gruffness? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so I was like, well, I don't know, because like to me, Alfred, uh, I forget his name. Michael Caine? Michael Gow? Is it Michael Gow? 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 Um, I think it's Gough. The one from Batman Forever? Yeah, the, the, the Tim Burton. He's on all four yeah, of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So to me, that's like my idea of Alfred. Like very like sweet, <laughs> like meek British. Like, I made you some soup to fight uh, Mr. Freeze's cold yes, <laughs> kind of thing. Yes. A very uh, fatherly figure. Very, like, uh, nurturing. And I was like, hmm. Okay, well, we'll see. I I feel like uh, Andy Serkis, like, he, he tends to bring a certain darkness to his character. So I was like, alright. But I liked him. And I think he worked really well with how... They had the idea. There's even a scene where, you know, we're spoiling, 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 spoiling. Uh, <laughs> Alfred is in the hospital and he tells Bruce, like, basically that he wasn't ready to be a father. And he was just like, I, he had to. And he he, he kind of like made it seem as if he felt that, you know, he wasn't enough. Or he wasn't like, the right type of person that he wasn't. He, he didn't did. know what he was doing, and that worked for me. Um, and not to jump around too much, but I'll just say that the way he is in this movie and the darkness again works really well with the noir vibe of this movie, but also with the way Bruce Wayne is because this is a different Bruce from what we're used to. So out of all the Alfreds that have been on like the live action side of things, we got the, you know, I mean, the Adam West thing doesn't really count, but like, um, you know, the original Tim Burton movies and we got Michael, Michael Caine, 
you know, like uh, he, he's doing his thing in that movie. You got um, Jeremy Irons in, you know, the ones with Ben Affleck and um, this one and everything. Every single one of them is missing at least one thing from me. And it's the type of thing that sometimes it's visual. Sometimes it's something like they're a little bit too warm and they don't have that edge. Sometimes they have a little bit too much of an edge and they're not warm enough. I like my Alfred as I really like the idea that he used to be a secret service agent. And when they introduced that and whatever comic was, I'm not as much as I'm a Batman snob, I'm not a comic snob. So I can't say, you know, issue number five of whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't fucking know. But uh, I like that kind of version of him of like, I guess a little bit sort of like what the Gotham TV show was. That's a mess of a show. That's so much wrong with that show. But they got Riddler down really well. The Penguin was great on that. Yeah. And then pretty much not much else. But um, Harvey Bullock was good. I liked Bullock. Um, and the casting of uh, Barbara Gordon was like, she was absolutely perfect. And then they fucked the character up. Sidebar. But uh, the I like my Alfred visually at the very least. Bald or balding with a little like weird sort of almost comical mustache like the animated series and obviously a thin slim guy who looks like he takes care of himself because he shouldn't be just like an overweight slob or something so i mean andy circus has you can tell that he's worked out and everything so he could be that like british agent from the past and he's got that gruff side so you can imagine that but i also like Alfred being the type where it's like I had to put that aside and try to be a father thing and so that when they went in that direction here where it wasn't so much like that and it wasn't too much like the Tim Burton one where I can't picture that guy getting into a fight <laughs> he just invites Vicky Vale to the cave and that kind of thing and um, you know like that version is missing the gruffness this version's got the gruffness to it and the fact that he acknowledges that he wasn't fatherly enough was enough of an excuse for me to be like okay well that's why he doesn't have that fatherly edge because that version's not going so much in that direction which i'm cool with but don't you also feel and this is how i interpret it that he 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 felt like he had to do it he had to be a father to bruce and he felt which i think is really real because i mean we don't we don't have children um be anymore but you have my plants they're my kids <laughs> um i love them there you go there's, there's a couple there's a bunch um like what i hear from people when they're being honest is like you never really are ready right right and then and then the situation happens and then alfred kind of just like like not only to be a father but to be a father to a growing boy who's not even a baby anymore. So he already has a personality. He already has. And it's a traumatized child on top of it. And a brilliant child, too. So it's not even like you could just dangle some keys and be like, no, no, everything's fine. Like, it's like Bruce is a genius. A fortune. So it's like, it's a lot. So like, if he said, like, I was, I was fairly ready. Like, no, right. he, he wouldn't. So I like, and then the fact that they have that moment in the hospital and he extends his hand to Bruce. Mm -hmm. To me, that was almost like him being like, you know, I recognize. And again, that goes with how Bruce is. It's like, I recognize that I could have been warmer to you. 
And now that I recognize that, I'm giving you that. I'm offering you that. Yeah. And then I, when Bruce holds his hand, that's He's like, reciprocating I need and, that. Yeah. Which I thought it was like a really, again, like a very small moment. But to me, these moments are what really make any movie. Is when you get a glimpse, especially when it's a hero. Like, you get that, like, moment of, like, oh, this person. And with Batman, you need it. Like, this person is broken. Like, this, you know, Bruce has some serious issues. And he allows himself to just be fragile and, and vulnerable. And he does that with Alfred, which... Makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, because how who's he going to trust with his emotions more than Alfred at this exactly. point? He doesn't have. He's the one person that knows him. Yeah, knows that he's also Batman, and he's been there for him. And they do the whole so. thing in different stories where he says things like, "You know, I was changing your diapers before you wore a cap, cape and cowl," and different things. Which and- is the other. I mean, if you know, the Bruce parents were really rich. Like, chances are. Bruce was never really raised. In that capacity, at least. Yeah, Martha's not, like, doing the same things that a single mom in, you know, the Bronx is doing right now. a single mom, like a regular parent. Anyway, yeah. When you're rich, like, you're going to have, like, around-the-clock nannies. Yeah. So. That that one random character that was in here, there was, like, what was her name? Which was, like. Like Gloria or something? I forget. He like was a Gloria. Yeah. yeah. It was just like so. I'm like, who is this? Who is this woman? That yeah. makes sense. Like she's she's helping run the, yeah. the household. I think that that could have been um, Dick Grayson's aunt, Aunt Harriet. Uh, I would have probably named her Harriet just to kind of throw a little reference out there. But um, Gloria. I, I kind of think that maybe she should have died in the explosion. You want to kill her? You know, to sacrificial lamb. Why? Know. Like maybe she should have opened up the thing instead, and you know maybe that's uh, Alfred. No, you need you need Alfred. To well, get Alfred hurt. needs to get hurt, but like maybe she should have been. Yeah, he should have been in the blast, and she should have been like right there and blowing up or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it's a kind of kill character here and there, but uh, yeah, but like why Gloria? Why not? Why are you shitting <laughs> on Gloria like this? Because who the fuck's Gloria? Meh. She's helping. <laughs> She's the help. You know. It's, <laughs> use that phrase but a little moment like that you said it's a little moment in there that's a big moment too because at the beginning of the movie bruce and alfred do not seem to get along and that took me by surprise and i was like i don't think i like this direction that they're going i hope that they fix that by the end of the movie because he's just like you know shut up you're not my dad and i'm like okay the brooding you know i got my hair The emo hair. Yeah, we got. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we, we to need to talk about the but hair. But that's very much you know, the joke that I always make with the, the emo hair thing is that every song is just my dad doesn't get me. You know, I'm falling to pieces. <laughs> falling to pieces. My dad doesn't so, get me. It's just kind of like I'm falling to pieces, and Alfred's not my real dad. And you know, like that. And I was just like, uh, don't tell me that we're gonna get emo Bruce, who's just kind of like you're not my real dad, and he slams his door and everything. Um, so by the end of the scene where he puts his hand out and, you know, they actually have that moment, that's an acknowledgement of, yeah, I'm kind of being a dick to you. You were really good to me. I realized that you did things more for me than I thought that you did. And I was mad at you that I thought that you lied to me and it wasn't necessarily you're protecting my feelings and, you know, all these other kind of things like that. So that was a small moment that actually translates to a big moment, which I, one of my favorite parts Very of the movie. Very effective. Yeah. 
Now, what was weird, though, was when they first announced Andy Serkis is in the movie, and they also announced at the same time Colin Farrell's in the movie, and they announce, oh, well, the Penguin and uh, Alfred have been cast. I'm like, Colin Farrell as Alfred? I don't, he doesn't seem like he's old enough to necessarily do it, but I mean, hey, maybe they're going in a slightly younger direction. There was a point in time where Timothy Dalton was rumored to be uh, Alfred, and that would have been great. I think he would have been a fan. He still you could be. You want it? Yes, you want it. <laughs> uh, he would be a fantastic Alfred. I really want to see that down the line. But um, I was like, oh, Colin Farrell as Alfred. I mean, maybe or whatever. But Andy Serkis as Penguin, that'd be fucking great. He looks like he would be a great Penguin. And then when it's the opposite way, I'm like, they can't possibly do Colin Farrell as Penguin because, I mean, maybe Andy Serkis can be a good Alfred. Okay. But Colin Farrell as Penguin, what the fuck movie is this going to be? Is this going to be, oh, also, the Riddler doesn't do anything with question marks, and also Selena Kyle is played by Melissa McCarthy, or, like, you know, just, like, go all over the place here, and uh, our Commissioner Gordon is actually not going to be a cop, and it's like, so I was just like, Colin Farrell doesn't look anything like Penguin. You give him a slightly beakish nose, and that's still not good enough. Then we eventually see footage of some test uh, makeup and everything and it's there's no point in this movie that if you would have told me wouldn't have told me ahead of time that it was Colin Farrell that I ever would have thought that it would have been him amazing he was amazing. so good in this not and just the makeup the makeup itself too the I mean, makeup was absolutely brilliant like he's got all these like cracks in his skin he's all gross looking Scars and, and yeah you know like, Amazing, like amazingly apply. Like he looks like that's he. They casted a person that looks like that. Yeah, like, and body language, like he, he, he was phenomenal. He got a lot the of stuff accent. into this that, like, you can tell, and I can tell a little bit through like a couple little interviews that have come out that I've seen. He really liked doing this. And I think that they're doing a spinoff in some fashion. I don't know. But he is like seemingly like, fuck, this was great because he's hamming it up, but he's not being campy. He's just sort of. All right, I'm not going to play the characters I normally play. I'm not going to be the handsome, suave, whatever type of guy and whatever. I'm going to be a low down son of a bitch. Greasy scumbag mobster who isn't like the sexy version of that because you could still be i mean like michael corleone is like you know well he's an awful human being but you're like yeah yeah i can get like people falling for his act and you know there's plenty of people in any type of mob thing or something but he's just this gross slimy kind of guy and he has funny moments and he has moments where he seems kind of threatening and you know, threatening moments like when he shoots, where he's about to shoot uh, Falcone versus a moment where he's, you know, in the trailer and everything, you could see, we're in the spoiler section, it doesn't matter, um, where he's, you know, thinking that he killed Batman in the car and he's just like, yeah, I got you, I got you, and like, oh, fuck. And when he's all uh, handcuffed and his feet are tied and he's trying to walk and he does the penguin the waddling, walk, we were like, like yeah. ah! That was a really good little touch of just that like was really good. modeling like a penguin. Just, you know, do, 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 do. And I love that he was like, are you guys stupid? Like, errata, la rata, you don't know feminine masculine. I'm like, <laughs> yes. 
So, I mean, Penguin has the Iceberg Lounge, which that's one of the things that appeals to the geek in me, which is like, yeah, of course the Penguin's got the Iceberg Lounge. If you have him running a nightclub and you don't call it that, that's fucking travesty. Because oh, was the other, you? the club within the club, 44 Below. 44 Below, I think. Which I also thought was really cool. Because it's like, oh, okay, so this is like... Below no, zero, e- Even like Selena says, this is the real club. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is the one that is, you know, the seventh level of hell or sixth level or uh, whatever. Uh, Dante's Inferno. <laughs> um, throwing out a reference, I don't even know for the sake of it. But uh, yeah, that, you know, of course, the Iceberg Lounge, if you follow the comics, you watch the TV shows and everything like that, you know, the Iceberg Lounge is this legitimate business front. Never mind the camera that people will go and they'll meet up and they'll have business meetings about crime. So it's like, yeah, okay, on the papers and on the books, he's running a nightclub, but he's also running a front for, you know, oh, they do the loading dock in the back and that's where they Mm -hmm. do shipments of whatever the hell or something. So love little touches like that. Anytime a movie can do something where they just reference those things, it's always great to me. So he was great. Uh, He was a big standout. And whenever they do this little spinoff thing, I'm totally down for watching a Penguin show. Uh, I think it's supposed to be a little bit of a prequel and a little bit of a sequel or something. I don't really know. I haven't read too much because I didn't want to get any spoilers. But if it's anything like something like Peacemaker or something, then, you know, I loved it. She didn't like it. Um, but, uh, characters like those, really great. Uh, we got another version of Falcone. And, or Falcone. They called him Falcone in this one. I always like Falcone. It's Ra's al Ghul, Ra's al Ghul, whatever you want to call it. Uh, John Turturro. Which I was like, eh, I don't know. I mean, we got in a couple different Falcones, and nobody really looks like the Falcone from the comics, oddly enough, which looks very much just like uh, Marlon Brando, but if he were fit, kind of. <laughs> uh, not the like full, uh, I won't do anything more today kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> side note, do you ever know that the, the cat in that scene, the Godfather, wasn't mm. supposed to be in the scene? Oh, really? Cat just popped up on the set, and he was just kind of like, yeah, I'm just going to hold the cat, you know? That's that kind good, of thing. That's good. <laughs> uh, so, you know, when John Turturro's there, and he's looking like John Turturro, you know, he's got his, like, wily, curly hair, uh, you know, this this um, cotton ball sticking up out of his head kind of thing. Because um, he's all gray now, you know? So? Yeah. So he's just, he's like a, a Q-tip, because he's thin, and, you know, that's <laughs> not going on. Uh, that, to me, I was like, all right, well, you know, I mean, different version of Alcone. Sure, why not? He gets the character down well enough. He's a slimy mobster stuff. Totally cool with him. I love John Totoro. I I feel like he can do no wrong. He even played Monk's brother in the Monk's TV show. And it to me, like, I kept comparing his character on that show, who is like a complete recluse, who is afraid of people has never left the house and writes manuals for everything because he has a, like a photographic memory. So he's like very like meek and like very like uncertain of himself. And then you have him as uh, Falcone who's like, come here, darling. Let's just like discuss business over espresso. Like, yeah, like I, 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 I dig. I don't remember that part in the movie <laughs> where he just invites someone for espresso. That's just, you know. This is it's an extra. You didn't pay attention to this scene. <laughs> That's right after he says, uh, like, um, hey, beautiful, and play some pool, right? Yeah, yeah you just, know, with espresso. Yeah. <laughs> he's drink. He, 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 he's he's an espresso probably guy. Cu- 
They probably cut that scene some at some point because like he's he's drinking an espresso at some point. Like come on. Like he has to. That's but, in the like, three and a half hour director's yeah, exactly. cut. Like, you know, twenty minutes he, worth of him. Talking I think about he espresso. did a great job. And I feel like his exchange with Bruce, um about the whole thing with his family and, and the journalists who got killed, like I really love that. And then Sounds of New York in the background. Um, I really loved it. I feel like it was like, it was, that seemed to me like he had levels of like sympathy towards Bruce. He had that slight menace feeling because he is a mobster and he did this. Um, You know, he even says in the scene, like when fear is not enough. Yeah, uh, your father asked me to put the fear of God in this guy, but, you know, when that fear doesn't wasn't do the enough, trick or something. Yeah. But, like, I feel like he did such a good job with the character because I got that feeling of, like, you know, whenever you, you watch a, a, a movie about the, especially Italian mob, it's all about family and, like, you know, the family. And I, I had that feeling of, like, the loyalty of, like, oh, like, your father saved my life, so, yeah, I would do this. For him, but there was this like slight undertone where I'm like, is Bruce in danger right now? Like, would he like pull up a gun or is he gonna hug him? And and he kept me guessing what he was gonna do. And I thought that that was brilliant because that's how you would feel if you went to ask yeah. a question like that to you know a, known a boss, mob boss, yeah, that, that runs the whole city. Not even like you know one of the underlings or something, which you wouldn't right. fuck around with either. But at the same point the mob boss who is telling you Sal Maroney is the reason why your parents are dead. And of course he's lying and everything too. We find that out, which that was a good little twist too. And you know? mm-hmm. cause my first thought was they're really making this all about Sal Maroney. That's kind of interesting. Like, cause Maroney to me is the guy throws acid at two face and there you go. Um, but even like little parts in that, I always like the idea that Falcone has some sort of ties to Thomas Wayne whether it's, you know, uh, your dad was going up against me and that you know, I put up a hit on him on that. Or if it's like, you know, well, we knew each other, but we didn't really converse because he was a good guy and a bad guy and that kind of thing. Um, I like that. But I also liked when they were talking about the reporter and everything. This is one of those Batman geek out moments. <laughs> they were talking about, I think they had called him like Edward Elliot or something. It was something with an E, Elliot. And I was like, oh, they went with Elliot. I wonder why they didn't go with Thomas Elliot and just throw that name out there. And then it says on the screen, it's Riddler doing this thing, and it says, hush. It's like, you know, he was going to hush him or whatever. Hush, for anybody who follows that story, is Thomas Elliot. And Hush is the character that you might have seen in different things where he's wearing like a brown trench coat and he's got bandages wrapped around his whole head. And it's a whole mystery thing that Thomas Elliot used to be good friends with uh, with Bruce when they were kids. The Elliot family are another one of the big families of, you know, the, the rich people in Gotham and everything. And, uh, you know, Thomas Elliot becomes like a surgeon because of Bruce's father and like all these other kind of things. So that little like, oh, the Elliot's and it was hush. I'm like, ah, I get it. You know, <laughs> little moment kind of thing. So they do that. And, you know, that's that's always cool when they do that. Also, I was like, oh, they're actually going to go in this direction was the Falcone is uh, Selena Kyle's dad. Because in the comics, 
sometimes that's true, sometimes it's not, depending on the continuity and everything, but sometimes they go what they do here, which I like a lot, which is Falcone is this mob boss who just sleeps around because people in power tend to do that a lot, unfortunately. And he just has a kid with some random girl. Who worked at the club. Right. She's In this continuity, she's just somebody who works at the club. Sometimes she's just a prostitute. Sometimes she's, you know, whatever it might be. And it's just Maria Kyle. And, you know, they have a kid. And he's just like, well, whatever. You know, it's not my fucking kid. I don't give a shit. Even though it is. But that's the whole point. Like, he's shitty. So uh, I always like when they do that kind of thing because it's kind of like... I like Selena being the type that, and we'll get into Selena, of course, too. Um, I yeah, like it. We'll get into her. <laughs> he might too. <laughs> uh, the like, I like when Selena is somebody who I don't want to say like there's like a sense of entitlement, but I like that she gets something of an edge to her where she feels like. Yeah, why don't I steal things? Like, I deserve to take this diamond that says it's a cat's eye diamond or something. Because fuck that. I mean, well, well, you know, that's mine. That kind of thing. And I like when she's got that mobster edge because then it's like, okay, she probably gets that from her dad. Of just, I'm going to take something because I want it. And I'm, I'm putting in the effort to steal it, so I deserve it too. And I like that she's also on this sort of... Sometimes they write her where she's like a prostitute or she's not necessarily a prostitute, but like she kind of is like in that range of like sex workers and stuff and that she fights for them. And in this movie, she's she's using a woman, but she's also caring about the woman. And you can tell that that woman is there because she's somebody who she's from another country and she came here based off her looks and she's kind of in a shitty situation and all that. So they tied into a lot of that stuff, which I thought was really good for Selena's character because they kind of hit very quickly a lot of beats of what Selena is. Mm -hmm. She's good. She's got a little bit of a dark side to her, but she's still good. She doesn't kill anybody in the movie. So it's not like... She wants to. She wants to, which that's a good thing version of Selena. Selena is like she always could do that, but Bruce is the one that just puts the gun down and it's just kind of like, you know, how about we don't? And then she goes like, okay. Okay. For, for now that kind of thing but uh this version of selena i don't know where i would rank her but originally zoe kravitz i was like eh, she could be good we'll see i was so excited and i think that she killed it you know she looks sexy of course you have to do that for selena oh God, yes. you know michelle pfeiffer of course super hot in that movie and hathaway she's beautiful you know you go down the list of all these people very rarely is there like a Selena Kyle and something that it's not like, all right, yeah, she could get it. Um, <laughs> but Kravitz is, we've had a couple different, uh, you know, people do the whole thing about like Commissioner Gordon being black. Some people are upset about that they, for reasons that they shouldn't be. But um, Zoe Kravitz, of course, she's mixed. I forget what she's mixed with or whatever, but I like Selena as mixed. That's like my favorite sort of version of Selena. So when they cast her, I was like, I can see it. You know, she has the short hair. She also wears wigs uh, just because why not? So you get to see a version of her in a cat suit that doesn't look like it's a stupid cat suit. She's not wearing that purple outfit. The, the, the mask. Had like the ski mask where it just had like a little bit of a. It, because that's like the stitching and he kind of made it look like cat ears. And I was mm -hmm. like, that is pretty brilliant because she doesn't have that goofy like the whole cat thing going on. 
But yeah, those are little ears, but it's like, the stitch. I thought that, that was like such a cool touch. And like, right. if you look at her apartment, like she's not rich. Yeah. So. Of course, she's it not some sense. Nomex weave, whatever complicated ass thing like they do in comic movies where it's like. How the fuck does Spider-Man make that outfit that's got these little tiny... Right, like, her know. outfit looks as if, like, she got that from, like, a bike shop or, like, a special... Like, nothing, like, too fancy. Mm-hmm. And then she has good man. good, good boots where they're, like, not super crazy high and it's like, oh, my yeah. God, like, I hate that the, with a passion. The fuck me boots. <laughs> yeah. Okay, like, I'm not... She a, couldn't possibly run in those kind of no, thing. No, like, and, like, it has just, like, a little bit of a heel, like, that... That was cool, and I love like, her nails. I love that she's like <laughs> scratching people around. I want her to like lightly like scratch Bruce at the end when they're saying goodbye. I want her to just go like just a little. <laughs> take care of yourself. <laughs> I would love that, but no, like I, like I said, I was super excited for her to be Catwoman. Like I think that she is just stunning. I think that she's talented. I feel like she's not given enough credit in Hollywood. She could do more. Because yeah. I feel like she's so stunning that I feel like she ends up just getting, you know, roles because she's stunning. Okay. But, like, she's good at this. Like, she brings, like, a, like sensitivity. She She's a smart cat woman. She's not there just because she's hot. She has her own wants. I like how she like interacts with uh Batman. I absolutely love her monologue on like who cares? These are just like white rich guys. Like what about the people that get overlooked? Like Anika and like and I was like, "Yeah, you know what? Like yeah, like she she's like you know, a different um uh, version of vengeance like she she's yeah she's in it for herself she's fighting for the people in a different way than bruce is she's fighting for those that are like extremely neglected that might not that like you know like her friend like unfortunately like that line of work in real life like how many women just disappear Mm -hmm. you know even if they're not in that line of work let alone if they're in that line of work like that is like so cool and i love that she you know is not perfect. I love that she is cool. I love that she was having milk. And that <laughs> scene, I thought that there was such a cute touch. Yeah. Um, Good little cat joke. You know. Love the line, like, I have a thing for strays. I was like, ah, take <laughs> me now. I, I love I love her. I love her. I love that, like, beautiful. for instance, they didn't, a lot of movies do this kind of thing. And it, it's, I think it's a good sign of a shitty writer when they go in either direction and they they're either like overcompensate or they don't realize that they're making this mistake of they could have very easily in any movie. I mean, it's not just like in Batman movies, but like a character like Selena could have very easily just been a love interest and not much else. But like you said, she has her own goals. They just happen to align. And then also she could have also just been a complete bitch. Because a lot of movies, they overcompensate and they go, oh, well, we don't want to have this character seem like she's just a love interest. She, she's going to bitch and complain constantly. And that's awful. And then it's just like, well, why is it two extremes? Why can't she just be a normal character and write her like a normal 
character would be doing you don't have to go into your this mindset of but she's a woman character so we have to no she's just a character my like mind-blowing female characters can have exactly different layers and, right. and actually be human beings so it's like if you change in some writers if you change that character to another one suddenly they lose that and yep. they just become a normal character then you you lose the whole but as a woman blank or something, something through a woman's perspective. And then you just start writing this character as that kind of thing. So she didn't step into the, I'm not a damsel in distress. I'm a tough woman and I hate Batman, fucking whatever kind of thing. But she also didn't just get her ass kicked and go, Batman, save me. So when they first fight, he beats her in the fight. He's holding her back. He steals the thing and whatever. And it's like, it's a Batman movie. Batman ultimately wins. You know? Also, but chances she, are Bruce Wayne had like more training amazing and training and whatnot. Yeah. Like she already was vulnerable because she was the one caught by surprise. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like that makes sense. Right. That makes 100% sense. And in a worse movie, he beats the shit out of her in that kind of scene. Not be, like physically beats the shit out of her, but like he wipes the floor and there's no competition at all. Or it's the type of thing where it's like, okay, but then she always gets the one up on him because we don't want to make her seem vulnerable. And she gets a couple shots in and she gets, you know, to prove him wrong in some different parts. And then he gets to be his type of character and all that. So they got that dynamic down really well. And she's the one that, you know, after he gets her to, like, help him, she's like, can you help me then? Like, are we cool? And I thought that that was really cool. And I even, like, said that, like, during the movie, she makes him shut up real quick. As, like, she was, like, he's, like, going on about whatever. I don't even remember. (laughs) And she's just like, kiss. Like, <laughs> effective. Done. Like, she's she's awesome. Like, I really, really liked um, her, what she brought to the role. Yeah. She's got the sex appeal down, which is, of course, really important yeah. with Catwoman. Uh, we talked about the look and everything. She like, also got, like, the whole, um, the way she, like, moves when she's, like, in the club. It's very, like, cat-like. I really love that. Yeah. She uh, has that going on for her. She's got the the right type of edge where, you know, Selena should be a little bit like, you know, sometimes she can maybe scratch you <laughs> kind of thing. Like, yeah. that's what makes Selena fun. Like, she's way better of a character that's than... That's why I really want her to scratch him at the end. I was <laughs> begging for it. Just a light scratch. Like, nothing. Like, oh, and, and I was happy in the, in the end when they... Part ways. Part ways, because I'm like, they have to have that. And I, I also like that they drive through the cemetery, which is kind of like, okay, like, in a way, death and both sides brought them together. Also, the sins of the father, because it's not yeah. only do we do the whole thing with Thomas Wayne, which he, he really didn't do anything bad. You know, if anything, he was doing the right thing, just in the wrong way. But the sins of the father are an element with mm-hmm. the Bruce stuff. And then, yeah. of course, quite literally... Uh, the sins of her father are like the sins of this whole fucking city. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure there would have been another mobster if he wasn't in charge, but it's like, you know, he is still her dad and Falcone is responsible for a lot of things. And they can kind of, Hey, our dads used to meet and like, yeah, look at that. Like, you know, it's kind of one of those 
it's a little meat cute in a way sort of but like uh i like that because it's also sort of my ultimate idea of like you know who does bruce end up with a lot of people think like julie madison or like silver st cloud or you know some people are like bruce should never be end up with anybody who should always be alone and die like a miserable fuck or something (laughs) i think that's a little bit too mean for a character that devotes his entire life to that stuff but i lean more towards selena than anybody else even talia and i like when they do things kind of like what they do with this with like you said at the end you know that they care for each other you know that they have the potential to just be like okay you want to take this any further but they don't because the story is not telling you the story of how those two meet and become lovers and then that's you know it all wraps up happily ever after that's it's one thing to weave in there, but it's not the story. So you don't need to end this story with the same as you do with like Mary Jane and Peter Parker, where it's like he gets the girl and that's the happy thing or Mm. something. It's not Lois Lane and Superman where he's going to be with Lois Lane and it's fucking ridiculous if he's not, but you know that even Bruce, the last shot of the movie essentially is Bruce looking back at her and just kind of being like, you know? Yeah. And, and I love that final exchange between them because it's true to their character she says like oh why don't you come away with me we can take down some ceos you'll be fun so you know that she's gonna keep doing her thing and he's like i'm doing my thing i can't and then she's like and i love that she says like oh yeah you're already taken yeah you're you're spoken for you're spoken for because we see the bat signal and it's like yeah like he is choosing that and she's going for her thing and i thought that that was really cool too that was a moment where it's like you know these two characters are are gonna decide what they want what's best for them and it's not just gonna be one of those movies where it's like especially the woman the woman will will give stick up around what and she do what he wants. wants to do and then yeah and and i i absolutely hate that so like he takes a kitty with her like i i I loved it. Like I, I thought that that was like really refreshing and mm-hmm. and and fun. And it leaves it open too, because you know if they want to do another one of these movies, you no, know they can cross paths again. Then she can just come back and be like, "Yeah, what's up, bitches? I'm back." You know that kind of thing. <laughs> All the water go away. You know, like kind of thing. yeah. Especially because cats don't like water, so she leaves the town. Look at that. It's it gets- not true. Some kittens <laughs> love water. Um, but that, you know, Selena, really, really good, major, major hit in the movie. One of my favorite characters by far. We're talking some of the favorite characters, Riddler. Yes. So Riddler is not at all, if you look at Riddler in this movie and you just see a still image of that, that's not at all what Riddler is to me. But this version of Riddler is really cool. And despite the fact that he's not wearing a suit and being a little bit more, again, like my ideal, it doesn't apply in all scenarios, but my ideal Riddler is a little more showy, but not Jim Carrey showy. He's not, Jim Carrey was playing the Joker. He was playing the Joker in Leotard. But uh, I like the Riddler to be more like, I'm going to put my face out there and I'm going to be like, I'm Edward Nigma. Like, <laughs> I'm fucking brilliant. Why doesn't everybody just admit it? Oh, you think Batman's smart? Fuck that guy. I'm smarter than him. 
and like that he would just like he wouldn't wear a mask because it's like I'm the guy that you need to all do that. Like I like him being completely obsessive compulsive with the riddles to where like in the one comic I don't remember what it is where he hands himself in and he says I think I might really be sick I tried not to put a riddle down and I couldn't do it and that made me go maybe I'm kind of crazy like I like that Riddler of self-awareness king I like that the where it's like Riddler can almost be good and if he was good goddamn would he be good but he's just like well gears wrong so he's fucking awful you know like and when they said that they were going to do like a zodiac killer thing i'm like oh, that sounds kind of cool and then i saw pictures and i'm like this looks stupid as shit this looks awful but in the movie it really works now the downside to it we're gonna have so many fucking people cosplaying as this character to the oh, point but where that's expected but Come it's on. gonna be bad versions of it because well, they're gonna yeah. take like when you see like the ugly Harley Quinn chicks that are just kind of like, you know, oh, I dyed this part of my hair and, you know, I shouldn't be a Harley <sighs> Quinn or you get like a baby shit blade from New York <laughs> or something. It's a story for another day. You, you should cosplay however you like. It's fine. Uh, some I people feel- should be the like, I'm the commissioner. Some people should be that guy. <laughs> yeah, sure. But I feel like. I would rather have a bunch of people cosplaying as the Riddler in this than having the couples be Harley and Joker. Because I feel like... That's overplayed, yeah. Not only overplayed, but it's like, okay, you don't understand that she's in a very abusive relationship, yeah. and you're like, oh, we're all sexy together, and I'm like, eh, like, uh, lovers love, forever. Uh, it's like, seeing no, the whole, no, no, no. like, I want a relationship like this, and it's like, you want a relationship where he absolutely yeah! treats you like garbage and would kill you at any moment, and you, like, no, it's not, they're not the fun goth yeah, couple. Th- that's what I'm they're, saying. Like, yeah. So it's, okay, I, like, understand that the Riddler in this is a psychopath. He's actually, like, Tony told me because I again I hadn't I hadn't even seen uh, a picture of Paul Dano as the Riddler, um, and then he told me that oh like they actually made him look like the Zodiac. Um, now I'm a big true crime uh, buff. Uh, if I could turn the camera around and you see the bookcase that's like next <laughs> to us, it's just. You know, I uh, yeah, like gory stuff and and true crime stuff. Like I devour podcasts and books. So when he told me that, I was like, "Ooh, that's really interesting." That's a good and way to interpret it because it's something different too. It's not. It just is something different. Frank Worshin again or something. It's not just like visually, and and because the way he uses the symbols, uh, yeah, definitely the zodiac. But they also took other things from other famous serial killers, which I thought was, like, really, really refreshing. And a lot of these guys, you know, if you if you take somebody like Zodiac or, or BTK, which I, I felt there were references to BTK in this, um, the BTK killer, uh, Unabomber, towards the end, uh, these guys... In their own way, you know, like, I don't want to say that they were brilliant, but, like, they... There's something to them that's, like, they're operating on a different level that if they could apply it in the right way... Yeah, and they're extremely 
egotistical. Yeah. Because they do believe that they're better than people. Like, you know, like the whole thing with psychopaths is like, you, if you're a psychopath, you don't really see other people as people. Yeah. They're just a means to an end. And I loved that they did all that plus bring the whole live stream yeah. thing into because and he gets his his army of insults i know and i thought that that was brilliant too and i absolutely loved the little the little little big touch where when he's talking to the media and he's talking um on the phone you have the voice masked, right? And it, that's mm, like yeah. deep, like distorted, yeah. like very what creepy is the voice. Price for your blind eye? I'm but fucking tough. When he's talking to his incel friends, it's just like, um, hey so, guys, thanks guys, for so, so much. This, is, this <laughs> might be my last video, uh, for a while. And I'm like, this is so brilliant because mm-hmm. it's like, yes, this is you know, if this character, and, and I mean, unfortunately, like yeah, we have we have um. Way too many real examples. life. Yeah, we have real life examples of this. Of and and you can look up even um examples on YouTube. There's still some videos of uh that guy that shot uh the university. I think it was Sacramento. He whenever he was like speaking to the camera and just like doing his videos by himself, um he's like he would change his voice and he would try to be like. I don't understand because he was always trying to be sexy. I don't understand why these girls don't see how beautiful I am. And there's a point in the video where somebody like honks at him and he just goes literally like this. I don't understand. Oh, oh, oh sorry. And it's like, yes, because like that's perfect. So like, and the fact that he even has that line of like the mask allow me to be myself. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was so good and so powerful because that resonates with Bruce in so many ways too. But it's true. And you can test it out. Like, if you put a mask on, it's almost like your inhibitions go away because that's the removal of your own identity. So that was so brilliant. And I absolutely love, I feel like Paul Dana Dana was like 100% the right choice for this. He always looks like he's like, 13, 14. <laughs> and so creepy. The only thing that I was like a little annoyed about as uh, an eyewear user, uh, wearer, uh, was that like, his glasses don't fuck up. He's wearing that mask and they're not fucking up. And yeah, I mean, with COVID, we uh, anytime we put our oh glasses on, we have, unless we have the thing like super See, tight right there or something, it's, it's a, a daily thing. struggle. It's a daily struggle for me because I always have my glasses on. But I thought that was even a funny touch too. Is that like he's wearing this this mask and he's trying to look all cool and he's got these glasses sticking out yes, from there because it it's like it he still can't because he's not cool. He's not cool. Like, he says that he's not the physical type. Yeah, he specifically brings out like Bruce could go beat people up because I can't do shit. I'm just this fucking meek whatever. Which when is he true does so kill uh, the mayor in the beginning, I don't know if you noticed this, but when he first like. Okay, first of all, the first shot we see him in the dark. He's just standing. That there. you you barely see his like person. Mostly just But the glasses, the reflection of the glasses, that's such a noir moment. Yeah. And I was so excited for it. It's like so so good and so so creepy. 
that already like establishes like oh okay like I don't want this guy around. But when he does like finally kill um mayor the mayor he you can tell he's like not used yeah. to killing people. He's a bit frantic about it. He's grunting. He's kind of like struggling a he, little like, bit. Lunges weird, like you know. yeah, like I kind of, I even wonder if him dropping the weapon was something he planned. And I like that they kind of leave that like as like a maybe that was an accident or maybe he planned it. But like I like to think it was an accident because this guy is probably not used to doing this, right? Like his himself friends, like his friends. Shooting the guns, like, acting all tough when they first get there. And then you can tell that they're kind of nervous, too. But then when Batman appears, they're like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. like, yes, because these men would be like this. They would be all about the talk. Keyboard warriors. But as soon as you get in their face, they're right. like. Which goes to show, if anybody's watching this movie and they're going, I identify so much with the Riddler. You, you should not. Because yeah, that's should not, not good. Like, get some help. Like, right. It's not a glamorous type of thing. It is and that's not. why I was really glad that they went in that direction because it's like, okay, if you're doing a modern interpretation of Riddler and he's going to have followers in a serious movie, he's not going to have people that are wearing a little green hat with a question mark on it that are like, oh, I call myself Clue and I call myself, uh, I don't know, Answer and the question and, you know, like uh, Quiz is my name, like, you know, um, but I could didn't catch the uh, the other name. They had the two IDs. The one was Edward Nashton, and the other one was some other thing. It looked like Patrick something, and I was like, I don't know who that would be. I don't know if that was like. I thought that they were going to have potentially when it, the split second that it happened, I was like, are they going to use the Clue Master name and just kind of merge them or something? But if anybody knows, drop a comment. And let me know what that reference was. But like, um, he pulled that off really well. He like the look of him too when we finally see him and he looks like he's got this bowl cut and it's like, okay, this is the type of guy that like, if you flicked him, he would bruise and he would just kind of like, that'd be the worst day of his life. Kind of, you know, like he looks like he's been sheltered and he doesn't know how to take care of himself and that he would lash out he in that kind of way. Cause he's been in this, scenario it's a, he's an orphan who like he had a really rough childhood right and that he like he looks like the type of people that you see not everybody of course but that you see a lot of people that are like on that sort of true crime spectrum of like i like i don't remember who it was it, it was yeah, I mean, you probably would know if i gave you more ideas what, what it would be but like that's what I picture a lot of those kind of people to look like, like the Zodiac Killer would be or something, instead of just that they had cast some sort of super, you know, this guy could be a James Bond type of person, and he just happens to be the Riddler, and it's like, all right, that guy, you know, is a GQ model, and it's Hollywood casting. Like, Paul Dano looks like Riddler, and I thought that that was great, great casting, and I love when he flips out, for instance, in the... uh uh, interrogation scene and not really interrogation but like he's talking to Bat batman when he's just kind of like no this isn't how it was supposed to be like no 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 ah! like because it's just kind of like a lot of people that have those sort of issues of just kind of like flipping out because it's not going the way that he planned and that throws it all off and oh my god i don't know what to do now kind of thing like yeah a lot of little touches like that worked really really well so 
even though, you know, if I were to, you know, I can't draw, but like if I could draw up like a perfect Riddler, it wouldn't have this garbage bag, you know, mask kind of thing and stuff going on. But in this movie, it worked really, really well. And, you know, as far as characters go, he was one of the absolute best. And that's why I wanted to see more. But then I understand that it would. So like a lot of his traps made me think of and, and his character made me think of Saw and yeah. Seven. Uh, and I, I like <laughs> the the gross ass part of me when they're looking at uh, the mayor's head and they're like, oh, he was like beaten. I was like, I want to see that. <laughs> like, I, I love the thumb drive joke. That I was love funny. that too. <laughs> I love that too. Like, it was really cool. Like, I, I love that um, Alfred was helping with the puzzles, the cipher thing. Yeah, just- I really liked it. Um, and I like that we, you know, we get to see that, okay, this guy, like, is really good with puzzles, and he's really brilliant like that, but he also is, if you don't know that yet, he's completely unbalanced, and we get to see, like, his diaries, and it's just scribbles of a man-man, mm-hmm. and he, again, like, amazing job, I, I know that he didn't have, like, a fun time doing this, He's he said that he had a hard time sleeping while he was playing the role, which I'm guessing he probably, like, did a lot of research on the real-life serial killers Yeah, he was based upon. And, like, if he, if he did do that, like, yeah. And it's hard not to because... You surround yourself with that negativity, it's going to weigh you down a yeah, little Yeah, like, his costume is the Zodiac, you know? Even, like, the, the symbol... With the question mark that is like so evocative of what the zodiac symbol was, and how can you like not like and and that, can I say also that the symbolism of him cleaning up Gotham at the end by literally bombing, <laughs> washing, washing? I was like, that like that makes sense. Yeah. So for him. And yeah, that's the, his magnum opus is, and then I wash it all away. Then, you know, then yeah. I forget the line, but he says something about like, they'll remember me forever, you know, because it's like in his mind, he's the, the Riddler who did this big grand sweeping change, and that's the renewal thing and whatever. I thought it was good too. That was the, the Gotham renewal project, and Bruce is writing his little diary thing, and it's the Gotham project or whatever. And it's like, eh, you yeah. know, you know, all these diaries, everybody's just, you know, uh, journal entry, whatever, that kind of thing. But we haven't talked about the Batman. Yeah. And we're not going to. Make sure you subscribe. And just, <laughs> just, <laughs> but before we get into that, let's talk about some of the other elements that we didn't get into. Let's hold that for the end. Uh, we talked music. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that part where they do the, I think it's a Nine Inch Nails song. It's it was on the trailer. Nirvana? Is that what it was? I'm pretty yeah. sure. Which music. goes like so, so, so well with the vibes. Lots of rain. So that's very mm-hmm. like Seattle and, you know. Gritty, grungy, yeah. But like, uh, yeah. We already mentioned the bum, 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 bum. So like, to me, a little bit disappointing for Michael Giacchino. He's done a better job elsewhere. I liked it, but um, it goes with the vibe, of course. The set decoration and all the production design and stuff—that's stuff that you could talk way more about because <laughs> you know more about. Yeah, you know, obviously, you're more special effects and everything, but still, you have much more appreciation of you know, any kind of art than I do. <laughs> But I liked the vibe. It felt like Gotham. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like it was too sanitized or a little too like over the top. Like, I mean, 
the Joel Schumacher um, ones are like you got this giant skyscraper that Batman's driving up the side of and you know it's like all right how much neon can you put in this city but I, it's got that sort of it's kind of Chicago-y but it's not so blatantly Chicago like the Nolan ones where that was just a little too realistic I like Gotham to have a little bit more of like a comic booky vibe so I really liked how they did that Love the whole idea of the Batcave being at a subway station that was deactivated. On the fence. I like I like caves. Well, I... You could argue that that's a cave because it's kind of like a tunnel. Not cave enough. Well, (laughs) I liked it. I thought that that was really cool that that was the Wayne station. Um, Makes sense for Batman to be able to drive back and forth and whatever. Uh... But one of my favorite. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm laughing at a bad joke that I just thought of. Oh, uh, go ahead. What does somebody that, uh, it, like a speaking like a toddler, call that station when the train comes in? A tween station. <laughs> so that was a bad joke. Hit the like button if you want more of these. So as we were saying. <laughs> That's my daily life. Folks. Isn't it great? <laughs> so you, you were asking before like how did you get me to marry you well i know how i got you to marry me by jokes like that oh really yeah okay um <laughs> maybe i lost my train of thought again what was i saying the train of thought talk about the train station oh yeah <laughs> i thought that was really cool um i loved how they show the city i love how gross it was um i absolutely love the Wayne Mansion. Um, I know we even joked that you said, like, like, oh, you, you like love this, this right? Uh, and I'm like, yes, I do. But um, not for so much the reason you think. So, like, I really like that it's fashioned as a gothic church. And obviously, like, gothic goes with the whole uh, Batman vibe. Um, but it also felt... Like, um, like, I'm trying to, like, not be, like, too, like, uh, technical, but, um, the way the walls are, if you pay attention, they're very detailed, and there's a lot of, like, nooks and and, and crannies and a a lot of, like, elevations and, and, uh, depression, so not only that creates more shadow, which is what we like for noir movies, uh, but it also creates a feeling of just almost like a claustrophobia. And to me, that kind of made me feel like, oh, this is like Bruce's tomb in a way. Mm. So he's not only he's trapped there. He doesn't want to be Bruce Wayne. Like you, no, We're going to get more into that. But like clearly that house for him is not a happy place. It's and a mausoleum. Kinda. It is a mausoleum. That's yeah, exactly. So like it feels like almost as if that's a place of um a place where it's all about like his parents' memory in a way. Like a, a very like church like place where you can really be comfortable because it has kind of like that feeling of like opulence. Gothic churches are very like you can't miss them. They're not simple uh buildings. They're very like uh there's a weight to it. 
there is a heaviness to it. It's kind of like maybe that's what I'm looking for. It's a heavy thing for him. You step inside a church and you know you're in a church because it's almost like the air feels different and you're constantly bombarded with that kind of stuff. So and you're you feel like you have to whisper. Yeah. And you have to be extra quiet, even if you're alone. Yeah. Nobody else is there. Because it just feels, you know, that like like um without getting too religious, like oppressive. Yeah, that's a good um, like heavy and like oppressive. Um, so I really like that. I thought that that was like very effective, and that's not something we've seen. Uh, at least I haven't. Like normally, the way mansion is kind of like in a secluded Just a outside Gotham. This one, it's like in in a. I'm not, I don't know if it's like in the center of Gotham, but it's pretty much in there, and it that it has that feeling of like, which is what bruce feels so i thought that that was really really good really effective um it's almost like his life is a constant funeral for his parents so that's why he's like trapped there um and i loved the riddler's uh apartment yeah i thought that that was messy like as all hell and everything messy like my whole my first feeling when batman entered the place and then the police i was like oh my god they should be looking out for booby traps because i feel like somebody <laughs> like him would have them but, like, just, you know, creative explosion everywhere and everything's just, like, not, like, a hoarding, like, mess. Like, you can tell he has a system for how he, like, puts his things. But it's a lot. It's a lot of information. And, obviously, like, the club was fun. Um, yeah. They they did a good job with that, so. Yeah, those kind of elements, like, if any of them don't work, the movie has something wrong with it. Just the same as anything else. You know, if visual effects look like shit, a movie is going to look bad, which whatever visual effects they used in this one, I couldn't tell. So that's the benchmark of that. You know, it's obviously people aren't doing the actual stunts the same way, but you don't know which things are practical, which things are special effects. There's no like in Black Panther when they have the two um, Killmonger Black Panther fighting it. It's like, you know, these like, Kind of Gumby-ish oh, characters. We know the, and, the contact lenses, at least. Yeah. Had CGI. Yeah, so, like, even little bits like that were good, because it's like, why wouldn't Bruce be wearing something like that, where he could record things and look back in, and then they pull that off, and that works Oh, we really should well. talk about the Batmobile. Don't like the Batmobile. I didn't like the design. I like that he failed to start at that one part. Oh, yeah. I thought that that was really brilliant. Yeah, because it's just... A car. It's just a car. He He's still working and, on it. Yeah. And I absolutely love that he failed at yeah. that. Like I didn't care for the design either, but I I like that he failed so much. I'm like yes, and I can almost see like Batman being like, God damn it! Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> like I thought that that was really cool. <laughs> yeah, I uh, of course he's year two, so they're they're doing the whole thing where like we don't want to do year one because everybody's known that whole story before, so we don't need to do. Uh, show the pearls fall. I mean, which to me, as a Batman fan, I could watch it a hundred times. It's totally fine. But I get it. Skip forward, move on. Everybody knows who Batman is, and you know. But they want to make him to where he still has room to grow, instead of making him Bat God. Of I've got every gadget that can do every single thing, and I know exactly what I'm doing, and I can fight everybody, and I'll always win every fight. And because there's no, there's nothing interesting to that unless you've got like bat god version against people like brainiac and then it becomes okay well 
you level up with that kind of thing. He's fighting street level kind of people right now. So of course he's like that. But um, I don't like the Batmobile Mm -hmm. just because it doesn't look like the Batmobile. Right. And there's tons of versions of the Batmobile. So some people are like. But it makes sense though. Yeah. For this. And like there are versions that are just cars. Mm. just like a Lincoln or something. And to me, I'm willing to like that. I don't like them. So when you do that version of it, there's some portion of people out there that are like, oh, I love that they did that because it's like the old timey thing. And and I'm like, no, I like my Batmobile being kind of more like what we got with the Ben Affleck one. Like it looks like it's a fucking tank, but it's not as bulky as the Tumblr because the Tumblr was just sort of like, I mean, I even, they even showed you, like, somebody made a clay model, and they were like, I don't know, there you go, it's a car, it's a it's a rock. I'm like, I don't like that kind of thing as much. But um, for this, you know, okay, if they do another Batman movie, I don't want the same car. I want him to make it an actual Batmobile, because by then it should be at least two and a half years, three years, four years, whatever they want to timetable it. Give me a real Batmobile. And same with the Batcar. Uh, the bat car, the bat cycle, like make it a little bit more Batman-ish. I think it's fine. Just has a motorcycle, but you know, I'm glad he didn't have like the plane in this one. Cause that would have been like, where the fuck's this plane coming from? You know, that would have been too much of a step in that direction or the bat boat or the bat, you know, whatever the fuck you want to call it or something. Um, he doesn't need to have shark repellent. He's just, you know, but I don't like the suit having the things on the side that are the quarter valves thing. And then not mentioning the Court of Owls because they could have done something with that. If you want to do the whole thing with the elite and the people in the shadows, that would have been cool. You want too much, though. But if there's like if they decide to add something that's not a Batman thing to him and it's like because that the gauntlet, whatever you I think gauntlet would probably be the right word. But there's little like straps in it, a little uh, little pointy things. That's what Talon has. So they took a character of a villain thing and they put that into the Batman suit and then they didn't reference the characters at all. So it's kind of like, I thought that maybe there would be some kind of an intentional thing there as like, that's something that kind of tied in with that. And maybe he got his inspiration from that and that ties into the Court of Owls and whatever. Because to me, I go, if you don't going to incorporate the Court of Owls and do the whole thing of that, they're a part of the corruption why is Batman got a Court of Owls thing? Well, but you know? like as somebody who didn't even know that detail, to me, I read it as like, oh, like he's still trying to figure out his suit. Yeah. Because that looked like it wasn't like completely done. Same thing when he's just like wearing regular clothes and changing to the bat suit in the club. Like he's still trying to figure out like the situation. So I liked, like, it didn't bother me, but I'm not a snob. I would be in the way of, if you want to tell that, you do it a little bit different so it doesn't just look exactly like that. Like, it would be weird to me if you had a character that had, like, say, uh, pick somebody who's, like, um, if you had a bald scientist in a cold room and you're like, okay, that's Mr. Freeze, and then you're like, no, that's actually Achilles Milo. And then you're like, wait, what? Like, you know, that kind of thing. Like that sort of stuff always throws me off. So I would have liked a little, you know, different thing like that. But the rest of the Batsuit I liked. I liked that the little logo ended up being a little Batarang. He he didn't throw the Batarang. I would have liked him to throw it. I like my Batarangs. 
but uh you know he's using the the grappling hook and you know he's doing a lot of those things he has the thing where it's he goes to the top of the roof and he's just kind of like oh fuck i gotta do the parachute thing i, I didn't, love that like i didn't test this out yet and whatever but i'm just gonna be a puffy boy right now i'm just gonna like, you know. i love that he's like figuring it out still yeah like, i felt that even at um i think it was like towards the end when where he um yeah it was towards the end when he takes I think it's kind of like an explosive and he puts in the fire extinguisher to get the smoke. Mm-hmm. There was like a short, and that could just be uh, like Robert Pattinson, like being like a really good actor where he just like grabs it and he looks at it in a way as if it's like, wait, I just got an idea. And like he does it as if like he probably never really done that before. And that was like, <laughs> See the if first this time. works kind of thing. So yeah. So I thought that that was also like really, really cool. Like again, this is, you know, He's he's learning how to be Batman. He clearly already has these tools he's been working on, but he's still trying to like figure things out. And this is probably like one of the first like big like crazy. Seemingly, villain? it's at least a second. Which right, we'll and we'll that. get into that. But like, so he's figuring it out. Yeah, he's figuring. He hasn't mastered the whole thing yet, which I thought that that was. That was cool and like really like vibes like I don't know what I'm doing. Like, well, if we're talking vibes and tools that he's trying to figure out, he should get a pair of scissors and he should cut that fucking emo hair because that was stupid. I hate that haircut. <laughs> there was maybe like one or two things that I'm like, okay, I don't mind it. There was a couple where but... it didn't seem it was like kind of shorter. Is that the same sort of scenes you're talking about? Where it was like he was the one from, scene that like really like, bothered me was when he was arriving at the funeral and it looks like he had like yeah. a karen bob yeah and i'm like what yeah he like it looked weird as all hell like when it was kind of like reshoots messier, for sure yeah so it you was. can tell that it's yeah. like the wig's not the same in some it's shots not, and stuff but like when he it's kind of like a little messy like when he was at the hospital where he was like disheveled i'm like that was fine all right that's kind of hot all right but but the the more roundish thing with the you know not my dad yeah my dad doesn't get me kind of thing. I mean Bruce doesn't need to have a crew cut like you know it's not like that like and there's been different haircuts for different Bruce things and here and there and some of them I think like I don't really like the haircut that Christian Bale has in those movies. I think that that's a little more of like a quaff quaff word for it. It's a little like well quaffed. Yeah, I think I, like uh, it's just I don't know. It's a little domish, and like this one's just uh, I, from the very start. I saw this emo thing, and I was like, "Duh, they're doing emo Batman." I don't like it, this. I I get what they're going with it. I just don't think it was didn't translate executed correctly. I we're talking about Batman, so like, let's just like talk about Bruce Wayne, like um because it's gonna go to my point. I promise. So uh, he doesn't like being Bruce Wayne. This guy is, like, really depressed. He's, like... All the depression in the walls you were talking about? <laughs> it's seeping in with it. Yeah, but that, that kind of, like, <laughs> plays with it. So, like, he's 100 billion percent not over the trauma. He's carrying guilt in his heart and soul since he was a little kid. He's not interested in being a wayne yeah he's like not interested in any of that like i really liked even the beginning when alfred's like 
you do understand you have to keep this, like, you can't just, like, not do the wing part, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're not my dad. <laughs> like, he doesn't want to be Bruce Wayne because he, one, I don't think he knows who he is as Bruce Wayne. And I think that he's just, like, so depressed and traumatized that. There's always good just, quotes of things like, I haven't been a kid since I was eight. Yeah. And, like, you know, like, Bruce Wayne died that night. And, like, Andrea Letamendi, for anybody who follows the Gotham, uh, or the Arkham Stories, I think, podcast. Um, she, it's a uh, psychologist or psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. I forget exactly the distinction. But she breaks down all the time. Like, there's Bruce, and then there's billionaire Bruce Wayne, public figure. Yeah. And then there's Batman. And when Bruce in the comics always says things like, you know, well, I realized that the reason why I was under Scarecrow's mind control or whatever was, or Mad Hatter's mind control or whatever was because I was calling myself Bruce and I don't call myself Bruce. And then it's like, well, what do you call yourself? And it's like, oh, he fucking calls himself Batman. Like, cause he's not Bruce. He's Batman. Yeah. So emo-ish Bruce is not caring about his appearance. To he's look not. Like that. So yeah. like, he probably hasn't had a haircut in a while, yeah. which makes sense like he even when he's wearing a suit the way that his body is and the suit doesn't like really super fit him i'm like that's actually like a really good touch because like this is a man who he he just like hasn't been going out like he doesn't have a social life he's not interested he's depressed like when you're depressed everything just feels like you're climbing the Mount Everest, and and he, on top of everything, he's mainly just like living at nighttime. Yeah, he even says like I've become yeah. a nocturnal animal or something. Right, like, he, I get and, it. Yeah, uh, um, <laughs> but like he's really depressed, and he's not into that, so he's probably not having a haircut. Like you can tell that he's like really uncomfortable when he's at the funeral. Which like yeah, like you're gonna be uncomfortable in a funeral, obviously, but like. That's not, you know, if you even compare it to, like, uh, Christian Bale when he's at that party. And he's hamming up the act and being drunk Bruce Wayne for all the people. Yeah, and like, this is, not, and- this is not the Bruce at all. And I thought that he was really cool when they were showing the beginning his diary that is supposed to be observations of Gotham. One of the things that the camera focuses in is that he says that he needs to push himself. So clearly, like, not only he still doesn't know how to be Batman... But he's just, like, in a really, like, unhappy place. So that's why I think the haircut was really bad. It's probably because he hasn't had one in a while. Um, but I would have been okay with him just being like, okay, but he still gets a haircut. <laughs> you know, like, at the very least, he gets a better haircut. Because I was just like, I'm not feeling oh it. Oh, my God, the funeral wig. Yeah. A whole dimension. A whole dimension. I... <laughs> Mm, mm. Yeah, so I hope that in the next one, if they do it, kind of the way that, like, you, you've seen The Da Vinci Club, right? Or Da Vinci Club, Da Vinci Code. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a new uh, the movie. The Da Vinci where, Club. Yeah. Where all the, um, you know, all these puzzles lead to just this nightclub, and everybody's just <laughs> like, you know, everybody named Sven. But um, uh, Da Vinci Code, where uh, Tom Hanks mm-hmm. has that awful fucking haircut. Yeah. And that was one of the major takeaways people had of the movie. They're like, That's a good movie. Fucking awful haircut. Good movie, though. Great soundtrack, Hans Zimmer. And, like, uh, you know, by the second movie, they're like, all right, let's fix that fucking hair. I hope that by this one, 
And you could work with it in the story, too, because he ends the movie saying, I have to be something different, and I have to, like, put on a better, not a better show, but, like, I have to be a better example of uh, an icon that Gotham can look up to and mm-hmm. whatever. So He the, knows he, about his his dad now, too, so. Yeah, there's less of a, a burden on him in that kind of regard, so now he can get his fucking haircut, and he can... You know, not have to deal with that burden of the dangly um, bangs that are just, you know. One can hope. I hope so, yeah. But he's good. Uh, He's nowhere near my favorite Batman. Um, No, not mine, but I feel like he did a good job. Yeah, I mean, when people first heard about the casting and they were like, oh, stupid Twilight guy. I never seen Twilight, but. I never seen it either. An actor can play more than one character, and I don't know why people don't. And, like, I feel like people don't. They don't put it themselves in Robert Pattinson's shoes where he was, like, offered this massive deal as, like, you know, just kind of, like, starting out his career. Like, who wouldn't take it? Right. For, like, a role that, like, doesn't really, like, ask much because, like, for what I've seen, like, it's not a very emotionally draining role. But, like, I hadn't, I, I did not see Twilight. I did see um the Netflix movie. Uh, oh man, it's uh, the devil everywhere. Oh my god, it's the devil all the time. And like, he, devil wears Prada. Like, no, <laughs> the devil all the time. That's something that you need to watch. That Tom Holland one. Yeah, like he's brilliant in it. That's the crossover. It's Spider Man Batman. And <laughs> what we're talking about. I'm not gonna spoil for anyone, but that was like maybe like one of the first movies I saw with him, and I was like, oh okay, like yeah, like I would. I could be like, I don't know, Kate Blanchett in the beginning of my career if somebody offered me to be in Twilight. I would. Like, who wouldn't? Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, he gets a bad rap, especially from superhero fans, because that's probably, you know, There's what game. they know him from. And because the Twilight role is pretty bad like he's supposed to be sparkle yeah and there's gatekeeping in the community as well because it's the whole like you know well that's not the batman that i want and you know i wanted to fan cast this person and that kind of thing yeah. and i don't want that stupid twilight guy to be batman and for, for batman to job, sparkle though. in this and whatever but he does if he didn't play a sparkly vampire and people just saw robert patton's then he's a good looking guy and he He's one of the one of the many British people that have been superheroes in these years. It's just a regular thing, probably because he's like more classically trained or something. But like, you know, I mean, and if you haven't seen the the Devil all the time, and if you're okay with disturbing movies because it is pretty disturbing, watch it. Like, you know, if you're if you're not sure yet, if you're gonna watch um, the Devil some of the time, (laughs) if you're not sure. You're like you're cute. I'm not. Um, um. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like he did a really good job, and he, you know, he's fit, obviously, yeah. but he's more like on the scrawny side, which goes with the fact that he's depressed. Like he only eats like one blueberry. <laughs> <laughs> I like the little touch uh, in that scene where they're eating and and all that. Uh, not really eating, but you know, like that little thing where he sees the sunlight shining in and he just puts the sunglasses, the sunglasses on because like it's that just too. a little bit of a vampirish because batman's vampirish of course it's the whole thing is like you know Batman's, so relatable to me too yeah just like it's too bright i don't like this natural yeah no like yeah no this much better with just dark stuff you know don't give me the bright 
thing where you have to put down the shades. Yeah, you like fluorescent lights. I don't even like that. Like this right now, it's killing me. Uh, if it was up to me, I would just live in darkness with just a like, <laughs> candlelight. Ah, too much work. But like, uh, he pulls it off, and yes. you know, like I'm down to see him in another Batman movie. He's not the Batman for me, but he. But he's not supposed to be the Batman yet. That's the whole point. No, I mean, like he's not. He doesn't have all the elements of what yeah. I would want in Batman. Okay. Like, um, but not none of them do. None of them have literally everything because it's a perfection thing. Yeah, it's impossible be, to please. Nobody could ever be perfect in any kind of scenario. So it's it's impossible to do that. So for me, it's like, okay, well, at the very least, cut that fucking hair. And then you, <laughs> and then you get some more points for the future with that. But I think that he pulled that off well. Um, the voice is always a thing with Batman. Ah, I mean, he's... Basically, just has his voice. He doesn't change the voice, which I think was appropriate too. Basically. I don't like the I don't like the growl, like when Christian Bale says, "You know, swear to me." It was like no, I don't mm. like that either. But he he's trying to distance Bruce from Batman, so that's why he's changing voice. If in this case Bruce doesn't leave his house, nobody has heard his voice in a long time, so it's fine for him to just like talk like himself. I like the synthesizer a little bit more like the Ben Affleck version of like that. He just masks it because you would want to mask their voice and sound a little bit more threatening, but that's like older, more experienced. It could be that like, maybe he does just figure that out. Yeah. Right down the line. This This guy's the one that he opens up his parachute and he busts his ass. And then it's like, I love that too. I love, okay. This is another point that I really want to bring up, which is the whole, like he's not the Batman yet. I love that when he falls, he gets hurt. When he like mid- misjudges like a movement, and he like thumbles down, he's like, Ugh, when he gets can't into- quite get up. In yeah, a like scenes, this is like-, like so good because like yeah, like he's human. He's still trying to figure it out, and like that's always something that I don't particularly enjoy in a lot of uh, not only superhero movies but like action movies, which whenever you have the hero clearly getting hurt they just kind of like get up and like in this one like batman gets seriously hurt that he has to take give himself an adrenaline shot like i love that because like yeah like that's he's not not superhuman he's not he's just a guy in a suit and like i love that i love that he has these moments of like being scared to jump out of the building and and falling and misjudging and like busting his ass and be like and when he gets like (laughs) I think it's when he's fighting with uh, Selena at the first time. He, like, grunts or something. Or he's fighting, I forget, like, which fight. But, like, I love those moments. Because to me, that makes it more real. And that makes me feel closer to what he's going through. He's just he's just trying to figure shit out. Like, all of us. <laughs> <laughs> So he, he does a good job like that, and um, you know, it seems like they're heading in a direction of having some more movies down the line. It's not necessarily guaranteed, but if the movie does really well, it's already critically gotten its support. So I'm assuming that you know that this fun police isn't uh, coming out there to say no. Um, it's not got the continuity issue of, well, we got to figure out uh, you know how we're going to tie this in with Aquaman and do all this kind of stuff, but that's going to be a whole fucking mess with The Flash. 
which uh, that preview, I thought it was funny. It was like, let's show Flash with multiple Flashes. And they're like, we could do Spider-Man too. You guys like that? There's more than one Flash. How about that? You want to see the movie? You know, like, I missed that. I was try- trying to open my Bunch of Crunch box. <laughs> <laughs> bunch of Crunch and Popcorn is the best combination. Don't- he got Bunch of Crunch all over my pants. I had like melted chocolate all over my ass. Looked like I pooped myself. It was awful. I was so mad. Don't lie to them and say you didn't poop. So, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I would on it if I had done that. I'm like, I pooped watching Batman. That's the like the positive review of like Rotten Tomatoes or something. It's like this movie was uh, so good that I shit myself or something. Yeah. Like, you know. Kind of like how my Road to Perdition review is like, it's great for naps. And yeah. this one's like, great for a poop. <laughs> but since they are seemingly heading in the direction of doing at least one more they had to, of course, tease something. And, yes. you know, the post-credit scene of just, you know... It's the, not a post-credit the, scene. No, but the post-credit scene is just, like, a little goodbye and then, like, whatever kind of thing with the Riddler. But before that, you get a scene that would function normally as the post-credit scene, which is the Riddler's in prison and he's upset about everything not going the way he was. And there's a guy next to him in another cell that you can't really see. And this is Barry Keegan who they had marketed as he's playing Stanley Merkel from the comics, who's just a cop and he's a cop with a name and we know him and it's like, okay, he's playing Stanley Merkel. Oh, they're giving him a bigger enough role, uh, whatever. There's officer this and officer that. And you could have, uh, you know, the two different ones become Spectre and you've got this guy and whatever. So Stanley Merkel, Arnold Flass, throw out any names kind of plays into that thing of like, if you're going to have a character, you might as well be a character from the comics and stuff. But they obviously, he is not Stanley Merkel. Instead, he is seemingly scarred. It's obscured where you can't really tell. He's got this sort of um, not spiked up hair, but like his hair is even more up than like mine is. And they're giving you just enough visual clues. And of course, the way that his voice is and the fact that he's laughing. And he Barry, talks about being a clown. Yeah, they're going to make you a clown or something. And there's worse things to be than a clown yeah. or something. And he, very clearly, he's the Joker. Or they're right? just going in a direction of, like, how fucking ridiculous is it that this character is not the Joker when it's so obvious, you know, whatever. And then you hear this person. And then this guy behind me is like, oh, that's Two-Face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sir. Yeah. This is the Wendy's. <laughs> the, like, uh, same as like what I said earlier. If you get a bald guy who's wearing like a mechanical suit and he's shooting out uh, ice beam and it, somebody just goes like, oh, look at Kite Man. Like, you know, but it's kind of. What, what made me laugh was that this was right after the, the clown, uh, clown line. Right. Which like if you had if you hadn't guessed that that's the Joker, you know, obviously by the time that he laughs, like you should be like, oh, yeah, yes. But this was right after the clown, which is like seals the deal. Mm-hmm. And those guys like this two face, yeah. And he's like telling his girlfriend that I guess to impress her. Like, oh. <laughs> hopefully she's not just kind of like, oh really? Wow. I didn't you hear know, anything like... from her, so or his friend, I don't know. But he was telling somebody, but he was like being so sure of it. <laughs> yeah. And then after face. the review, I feel like I don't know if he was still believing that that was two face or not. But I didn't hear anything else. I'm like, <laughs> are you quiet because you're embarrassed, or you're quiet because of like. 
<laughs> right, yeah. See, the, the two-faced? Yeah, he's got two faces. <laughs> like, you know. I wonder if it was the same guy that, like, two times in the movie just went, like, or something, like, you know. No, the the guy with the deeper voice? No, that wasn't uh, him, no. Uh, some guy found, like, a couple moments funny that, like, nobody else really laughed at, and he was just like, meh, or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, so they're teasing the idea that there's Joker, and that he already captured Joker, which is kind of weird that they would go in that direction and not tell the Joker thing, and cast somebody that's big enough that you wouldn't cast them to just have you can't even see him even more than like you, you know like, like this nose. much kind of is like still too much more than what you could really even see so to cast somebody like that already without having a second movie in the works and knowing that you're going with Joker and knowing that this is the guy you want for the part because you could write this movie you know, the Batman two or whatever it might be. And you could be writing it halfway through and go, this isn't the type of Joker that I want to do in this movie. And then you have to change it all up. And yeah, I mean, there's crazier things that have happened, Mm -hmm. you know, Don Cheadle pops up and he's like, yeah, I'm not, um, Terrence Howard. Let's move on kind of thing. But like the Joker, of course, is the type of character that you, you want to tease. If you're going to tease anything like that. And when we were walking around times square a couple weeks ago, or a week and a half ago, there's one where we saw Aladdin. Yeah. Um, I overheard I somebody, uh, they were looking up at the posters that were up in there, and somebody literally said, any Batman movie that doesn't have the Joker doesn't have my support. And, of course, it's like, well, you know, is that the only thing that's good? You know, Batman, Bruce Wayne's my favorite character in anything, period. Not even my favorite superhero character, just my favorite fictional character of all time. And Joker is my favorite villain of all time. But I was really excited to see that it was a Riddler movie because mm. Riddler's awesome. Yeah. And if somebody were to do a movie that was all about, um, I don't know, they wouldn't do a movie about like some of these super lesser. Nobody's going to make the birthday boy movie. But like um, if you could do a movie that would be dedicated to like a Clayface, I'd be like, oh, OK, sounds kind of cool. I don't know how they're going to do it, but cool. Down for it. But everybody wants the, the Joker. Because the Joker is the fucking man. And uh, if you have a Superman story and you don't eventually have Lex Luthor, what are you doing? If you've got, you know, the Spider-Man stuff and you don't eventually have Green Goblin or Venom or somebody like the main, main people, eventually people are going to be wondering why, you know, why do we not have that? So, I don't know, Barry Keegan as Joker? We were proven wrong. Heath Ledger proved me yeah. wrong for that. Yeah, I the first thing I thought was the fucking guy from A Knight's Tale is going to be uh, the Joker. This is ridiculous. And then the first time they showed the test footage or whatever, I was just like, "This, okay, Nolan's ruining the Joker here." And then it ended up being great. So, Tom um, Cruise for Lestat, interview of the Vampire. Like, not even in Rice, the author wanted him to play because her idea of him was like, "Oh, that guy from the from Legend." Birdie boy like i feel like sometimes um when there's like these expectations especially for a, like a well-known loved character i feel like that's when a good actor really and i say good actor because jared leto sucked um jared leto was so close to what could have been good and then they said but how about and then they just fucked but it i also <laughs> feel like that's jared leto I also feel like with him, there's always a sense of, like, egomania that just, like, hmm. messes up his roles. Um, 
So I, I, I am curious and I feel like we might be proven wrong and I'm glad that we didn't go with a Joker movie for this, yeah. for this, because I feel like when you go with oh, like the, the enemy is going to be the Joker. I feel like if you're, especially if you're almost going from like a, a beginner story for Batman, like that, that, that would take away a lot from that story from Batman becoming Batman and I feel like you would just like take take away from all the other characters too. I feel like it's a smart choice to just like set that up and I'm curious how they're gonna go about doing it though, because if he's already made him Joker or Joker's already become Joker and Batman's not responsible but he's been locked up. Well maybe they'll do like oh maybe it wasn't Batman that locked him up or something. I don't know. But that's interesting enough we'll to see. be like, you know, we've never seen them do that kind of direction before. So if we get the Batman 2 and we get Joker as the main villain and maybe they incorporate Penguin again, maybe they give Catwoman back, maybe they I do whatever. I hope so. Because it kind of ended in a way where it's like, well, like Gotham, now it's on No Man's Land. This like the biggest Good mafia reference. boys. No Man's Land. <laughs> Though that was an earthquake, but still. <laughs> <laughs> um... They say like oh like this the, you know Falcon was like the the big puppeteer and he's been taken out so now all these like other people that were lesser than and we know that Penguin is this it's kind of like in a weird way his beginner story too because he's not like the top mafia boss and that allows him to even be a little bit more comical but you can tell and he gets like intimidated by Batman right away like he's not super powerful yet and the last shot we see of him is him kind of like looking at gotham and there's just like this mix of like i don't know what i'm gonna do i'm kind of overwhelmed and intimidated but there's a slight like this might be my time which again brilliant acting like the very like subtleties of you know conveying all these different emotions so i feel like it would make sense if he comes back and then he's he's like oh like now in the power vacuum yeah like, people i mean kind of like what they did with the nolan things yeah where it's like you take down falcone somebody like the joker can come along and just fuck shit up because that's what joker's best at he's the guy that throws a baby at you so that you catch it and then he shoots you like <laughs> that's that's the, the type of joker of you know, not the one that's just kind of like, I've got a boner for you, which is a thing from the comics. It's not just a thing me saying. Uh, that used to be how they would say, I got a joke. Was I got a, a big boner for you, Batman. And it's like, then they take it in I the mean, direction of that. He probably does have the one. There's Batman plenty of the, time. the whole sexual relationship and, you know, the tunnel of love and all that stuff. If they only just kiss. Maybe that's all sexual tension. They should just like. He should just take one uh, from the homies. Pull out a bat condom, and <laughs> you know, ten out of ten would watch <laughs> on repeat. Uh, I'm thinking more so Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn. Ten out of ten would watch that too. Yeah. <laughs> on repeat. Throwing Catwoman. No, <laughs> um, on repeat. <laughs> but it's you know it, the movie succeeds. It's a hit. If you had to say biggest hit, biggest miss. Biggest miss to her. <laughs> I think um, I'd probably go biggest miss is either the haircut or I do feel underwhelmed with the score. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna say haircut, but I also feel like 
it's time that we have an R-rated Batman movie. And there's no reason why we... Like, he's the perfect superhero for this. He's the perfect superhero for this! Maybe with Joker, they might be able to, like... So... They can't get to the point where they can't, because he's just killing people <sighs> left and right and stuff, you know? Right, like, I was really hoping that this was going to be it, and I feel like, had this been that movie, I feel like they could have gone a little bit more sinister and darker with certain themes. Um... I feel like, you know, like, clearly, like, Anika was a prostitute, and that was kind of just, like, glanced over, and the fact that she's a foreigner, and somebody was keeping her passport, like, that's, that's intense, and that was just kind of, like, glossed over, and, and here's the Riddler, and he's fashioned, you know, based on serial killers from, like, real life, like, they could have really like made this into like a very charged intense batman movie and i feel like that would even like make it so much more powerful obviously like we don't need just violence for the sake of violence or anything but i feel like this would be a really good movie based on the story to be free of the PG-13 rating. So I wish they could have had more freedom. Yeah, it that. wouldn't have been the type of thing where they needed to just be rated R by, instead of having see-through top for Selena, that that she no. just actually becomes topless and then becomes You'll, rated R. It wouldn't change the movie. It would just, you, don't, yeah. you don't need anything, you know, just Gratuitous. for the sake of it. Yeah, you don't really don't. But I feel like this movie was kind of like tiptoeing on like subjects that would make sense to be explored in Gotham. And like it's not a must, but that was like a miss for me. I mm. was really hopeful for that. Um like even like they glossed over the fact that Mar Martha Wayne was a patient in, in the Arkham Asylum. Like that was like ooh to me. Like that's pretty intense. And that again, that was just like a so like uh, you know, and, and, and again, like, that also made me think that that's kind of brilliant because... He gets that from her. So that not kind of completely, that. but it's like nature and nurture, yeah. which is which is a thing. So I thought that that was really cool. But I, I feel like if they had, like, just pushed it a little bit, it would be awesome. And biggest hit for me... Ah, God, that's going to be a toss-up between the acting um, and the, the mood, the vibes of it. Because I feel like where the movies and the vibes were very, like, dark and noir and, like, I love it. I love, give me a movie at night that rains a lot and it's, like, city that's, like, dirty and neon lights. I, that's perfect for me. And then you have, like, these really talented actors giving these performances that are multi-layered and... Perfect. I guess hit it. Maybe Selena. Maybe just Selena. Mm -hmm. Maybe Penguin. I don't know. I'm leaning more towards Selena, but I think it's a movie that maybe on a rewatch that might sway even more one way or another. I might pick up on some little things that I didn't get or something, yeah. but I also feel like this is a movie that 
but doesn't lend itself to rewatches a whole lot because it is a longer movie and it is kind of a you got to be in the mood for it. You can't just like throw it on yeah, sort of thing. True. So I don't know how many times that I like the amount of times that I saw Tim Burton's Batman as a kid was just, you know, you do that and Batman returns over and over again and whatever. But those are more comical, fun kind of movies. This is dark and dour and heavier and, you know, that kind of way. So I don't I think it's going to be one that I just pop on at any moment. But um, I'm not good movie. And yes. It's I don't know how it's going to rank at the end of the year for me as far as like, uh, you know, I, I don't think that this is a movie that we can do a campaign of like this should be nominated for Best Picture. It might get a nomination for uh, for some stuff. Special effects. Yeah. Like makeup. makeup. Like that was really, really good. That was really, really impressive. I could see that being the case. I could see there being things for like uh, production design and, you know, different things like that. And of course, the Oscars this year are all going to be a mess. Like, I, I hope that at least maybe Colin Farrell gets, like, a nod. If anybody were to stand out, it would be him. Because so. he really, like... It's not Colin he, Farrell. Like, it, you know. it, it really isn't. And I even told Tony, like, how oh, can we just rewatch The Sopranos? Because I'm, like, such in a mood now. The way, like, he just brought that up is so good. Yeah. So, overall... Even though I am not as excited about it as I was hoping to be, and there's been plenty of other movies in you know even the past you know few years or so that I've walked out feeling more pumped about, including and I know it's going to sound blasphemous, Batman v Superman. The ultimate cut of that I think is a superior movie to this, but as a standalone and for a new start of another Batman series and all that. Like, yeah, give me more. Like, Batman. Batman's fucking great. <laughs> you know? So, uh, of course, let us know what you have to say. Drop your comments below. Tell us what you liked, what you didn't like. Uh, how was the video? This yeah. video, you know, do you like the idea of us doing this a little bit more often? Try to do that. Of course, stay tuned for any things that we have in the uh, pipeline that we do with that. And... You know, if you notice like a little bit of like the audio not matching up 100%, that's me with OBS, you know, so if we're like a millisecond off, I'm still trying to figure that out. But, um, you know, we'll work out the kinks and stuff. If you want to make sure we work out the kinks, donate to the Patreon, because the more money that we have, the more I can get somebody to do this stuff, then I don't have to figure it out and do the wrong thing 200 times until I sort it out. But um, whatever the case may be, you know, shoot us a message or, you know, you Follow us on the social medias that we have down there. Check out what's going on. If you like this painting behind you. And, uh, <laughs> it's not done side. yet. This side. There you go. This is just like. This it's is in the just, works. It's just to cover uh, my <laughs> our dining table that is my current workstation. And it's full of hard drives and two laptops. And it's ugly. So. But if you did like that, then by all means, creepy underscore Caroline. Commission something. <laughs> just saying. CZO Arts. And of course. Or just give me a follow for. I was going to say, just give me money. I was going to say, okay, well, just buy me <laughs> Just don't, don't even have me do the work. Just give me the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, or just, just, just give me a follow. Let's become Instagram friends. Like, yeah. I'm always on Instagram. And I'm I like never on there yeah, <laughs> unless she tags me on something. I'm. I'll try to tweet more often here and there, mostly me complaining about the pro wrestling stuff. So go to Smart Out Moment if you want to find out more information on that. 
And there's plenty of stuff that I want to do on Fanboys that I just never get the time to do because it's just the way that, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles. So hopefully it's a chocolate chip one. And, um, you know, if you do want to see anything, there's that pick your poison tier. Plenty more. Ba- I mean, I could talk about I could literally do an entire thing just about Batman if it was just like. Okay, every article and every podcast is a different thing about Batman. But then there's Spider-Man, there's Star Wars, there's X-Men, there's video games. And I said to Caroline when we were watching the um, previews, I was like, it's so weird to say that the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 movie is one of the ones I'm more excited to see. Because <laughs> the first one was pretty good. So, um, you know, uh, I play plenty of Pokemon. So, you know, plenty of Pokemon stuff in the future too. Fanboys Anonymous is fun. And the more fun stuff we can do, the better. So... Uh, show your support, hit the like button, share this with anybody you think might be interested in checking it out, spread the word, and then that makes you an awesome person. You want to win some awesome points, right? You get 10 if you do that. 10 awesome points can translate to a lot. So um, do that, and adios for now. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully you enjoyed it, and we will see you next time, everybody. But for now, it's time for us to geek out.